set. Places, everybody. And action. Hi, guys. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two Black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're going to be discussing School Days from 1988, directed by Spike Lee. Um, we kind of took an accidental break during the month of August. Um, I had a lot of goofy problems on my end, like ear pain to like my migraines and just having shitty internet. So that kind of <laughs> like stopped us from recording these episodes last month but it's september and we're back at it again um we back we back we back so we are here again to annoy you some more while we discuss movies um (laughs) ashley (laughs) um do you want to share like how we came across uh the films that we chose for this month uh well yeah well it was actually your pick this month or these two movies are your pick i have never seen these i think we talked about this like in our foxy brown episode um i had not seen these movies before and you had um so i guess we thought they were thematically appropriate for the uh the time of the year since it's like back to school um but also because yeah black to school that that was my corny term (laughs) was black to school um But also, I guess it kind of works because there's, like, a lot of, like, news about Spike Lee currently um, due to (laughs) his movie Black Klansman, which I have, like, tried to pay attention to, but also I have not. But we can talk about that, I guess, um, later on down the line. Um, But basically, the premise of School Days is, it's like a combination of, like, a lot of different stories, um, but it takes place over homecoming at a fictional HBCU that's directly black college and university if you are not black and you're listening to this um (laughs) we have those here (laughs) um so there is a um there is one character who's pledging on um on a fraternity there is another character who is trying to organize an anti-apartheid um rally and just raise more awareness about the situation um, in South Africa, but also is being met with a lot of resistance from various members of the um, school administration and other classmates. Um, and I guess it's just those two stories um, and how they kind of like crisscross with each other. Uh, and you kind of see, you get like a little like, I don't want to say behind the scenes, but you just kind of like get like an, a deeper look at like the like Black uh greek organization um culture and hbcu culture a little bit and also um there's some like uh there's like a common theme of being like uh, i guess like black intellectualism versus what is going on in the real world and um and there's a huge theme of colorism in this movie that i was (laughs) not prepared for that is probably like the the most i guess the the dominating theme of this this movie aside from um the ins and outs of the sorority and fraternity groups but that was a lot to take in for me i wasn't prepared for that 
but I guess we could talk about like our um I guess relationships to HBCUs because I know you went to one I did not go to one but yeah we I guess we both sort of have I guess being black people a lot of black people do have connections to HBCUs even if they didn't go because I know in the south they're like a huge deal here um mm-hmm. regarding with like battle the bands and that kind of thing like here in Dallas we have the um the Grambling Prairie View game every um, year um, during the State Fair, Texas, which is like a huge deal here. So it is still like a part of the culture, even though you might not have um, attended a historically black college, you still sort of get those um, hits of, I guess, those parts of the culture that are part of the larger black American culture. And of course, if you had never ever heard of an HBCU, you perhaps have seen one Beachella <laughs> performance, oh. which would be like a Correct. mini, a mini, a very mini crash course, very small, tiny little bit of it. But it is kind of that same sort of big band culture, stepping, probates, all kinds of shit like that. So, so yeah. So I guess, do you want to talk about your experience or should I go first? Because mine's kind um, of not as, as extensive because you're, you have twofold because you are an HBCU grad and you are a organization <laughs> member, which I am neither of those things. <laughs> okay. Um, so I'm from Ohio. Um, I was born and raised in Cleveland and I'm back home now. Um, we do have some HBCUs in um, like Southern Ohio, mm-hmm. but there aren't as many as there are in the South naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went to an HBCU. Um, I went to the unsinkable Albany State University in Albany, Come on now. in Albany, Georgia. Like I uh, did my entirety of my undergrad there. And it's to a point where I can't say Albany, like Albany. Albany. I have oh, to say, I say it in Albany. I, I say Albany. Albany. Um, <laughs> Albany. Albany, Georgia. <laughs> Albany, Georgia. So that's how I got like my weird accent. Cause mm-hmm. like sometimes when people talk to me, they say, Are you from the South? And I'm like, No, I'm from Ohio. And mm-hmm. that's what I sound like. Um, but like a reason that I pick school days is first, I wanted Ashley to watch it. Um, <laughs> And this movie is really important to me. Um, this paired with A Different World, which I talk about all the time, that mm-hmm. these two um, pieces of media um, inspired me to want to attend to HBCU. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something that I really, I don't know what made it so appealing, but it's just something that I wanted to be a part of. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say, like, in my experiences in undergrad, it was a little bit of a culture shock. Um, mm-hmm. Being that I'm from Ohio and I'm going down, like, to su- like southwest Georgia. Like, Albany is, like, an hour, hour and a half away from Tallahassee, Florida. And, like, bam, you. You was in the deep, deep yes, south, girl. Like, <laughs> you would drive down every year and once like you get out of like Atlanta um like and like Macon area when you get down to 
like Southwest Georgia, there is like back roads with no lights. And it's mm-hmm. like, hey, I hope this car don't break down while I'm here by myself. Yeah, um, lots of sundown towns, I bet. <laughs> like it's just like different. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing that I liked was that um, everybody in Albany is nice. Like mm-hmm. all of the black people, they're they're nice because they know that you're going to the school, so they will bend over backwards to help you out. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really used to that because. Up here, like, bruh, you a stranger. I don't know. You get the fuck out of my face. But <laughs> down there, like, when, like, your family, if you go to Albany State and you're in, like, Albany, you are a family. Like, people will look out for you everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I grew up on this, this movie and other things about HBCUs. But watching it this time um, was interesting. And I got like a whole list of stuff we going to talk about tonight. But, <laughs> okay. Well, I guess um, I, I guess guess I hate Spike Lee a little bit. Oh, no. Yeah, I, 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 I can tell a little bit right. <laughs> from your tweets. <laughs> like, I think I think I really I think I really hate Spike Lee a little bit. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> because like. Much like Dap. Um, who is played by Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, he's so fine in this movie. Let me just say right. that right now. Let's get out the way. He is so fine in this movie. It makes no goddamn sense. Like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, I see it. I see it. Like, he would annoy me. He would be a hotep and he would annoy the fuck. Not a hotep, yeah. but he would be, no, he would be a hotep. Because yes, he, he, would. He, he's he like three he would. Uh, away from having a Ankh Popat talking about black women only menstruate because they're full of toxins from the white Remember man. he said, he was like, what did he say in the movie? He was talking about, oh, my whole family is black. Ain't none of us white. And I was like, that you, no, okay. I'm going to break it down for you. That is probably not true. <laughs> like, I if going- it was 2018, he would have his own like YouTube channel mm. and he would be like sharing all this propaganda mm. Um, mm. about colonization, he would uh, be like those little cartoon memes, like mm. the black woman in bed with the white man. No, I hate reading, it. <laughs> niggas ain't shit, and the black white white man also reading niggas ain't shit. The book, like, oh lord, <laughs> oh my god, like he would annoy me, but he was still fine in this movie. I just wanted to like divert that, but like I just wanted to like bring attention to that because I was not really prepared for that. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't realize he was in this movie. I didn't realize a lot of people that are in this movie are in this movie because there are a lot of people who are a, like they're cast members from a different world in this movie. Yes, yes. Like Ron Bell, um, oh Kadeem Hardison, I think, is in this. Uh, Tiffany oh. Campbell's in this movie, which she's not in a different world. Jasmine Guy's in this movie, which I love her. Um, oh, oh my god! And Giancarlo Esposito, who was in Do the Right Thing, and he for you younger kids, he's uh, Gus Spring in Breaking Bad. Um, so yeah, there's like a lot of people in this movie. I just didn't realize. Um, yeah, and it goes prepared. beyond that too. Like we we could get it, but okay. Oh well, okay. Let me let me say my piece. I guess yes. on like what? Okay. Yes. So like I said, I didn't go to HBCU. I um, have always grown up 
with HBCUs in my, I guess, my vicinity. <laughs> I guess I don't know how to say it correctly because my mother, my father, my aunt, my uncle, my mother's cousin, and my stepmom all went to Florida a and University in Tallahassee. And I used to live in Tallahassee. So there is a picture of me as a little girl. I could not have been more than two years old in like a FAMU cheerleaders outfit. Like, oh. like it is like ingrained. Like we still have t-shirts. I just wear some of my mom's t-shirts and her newer ones. She has like a ton um, from when she was an undergrad. Because um, she had me when she was in school. So I kind of spent the first... I would say four or five years of my life in Tallahassee. Um, I remember like riding the bus with her and like going to certain like school buildings and stuff like that. Um, my dad pledged uh, Omega. My uncle also pledged Kappa. Um, my aunt and my uncle actually met at FAMU. They got engaged. He was the mascot in the Rattler costume. <laughs> Like this is like ingrained in our family. Yeah, like 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 this school is like ingrained in my family. Um and then outside of that, like my oldest aunt, she went to Clark. So we had HBCUs all up in <laughs> like the like the we have one HBCU HBCU technically in our family, but you know, this is like not a strange thing to us, I guess. Um so I didn't go mainly because I wanted to go and do art in some form of fashion. And there are schools that have art programs that are HBCUs, um, but they're kind of like organized weirdly. <laughs> so like FAMU has it like at the time, at least like in 2005, 2006, when I was like starting to look at schools, they had it organized. So like you had to do it through like the journalism school. And so I didn't want to do that. Like I wanted like a real like immersive art education. So I ended up not going and also like just um, like the reality of the situation was like it's so much cheaper to go to school in state <laughs> than it is to go out of state, even though like I could always like try to get residency like later because my grandmother still at lived in Florida at the time. Um, but yeah, I kind of like missed out on like that culture, I guess, like the first like one on one culture, although I'm so used to like. Like my dad and stuff with like his um his Omega stuff. He's very, 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 very hardcore diehard member <laughs> of Omega Sci-Fi. Like without question. I've been out like been with him and like I were at the gas station because he lives in Atlanta and so there's a lot of um there's a lot of black people in Atlanta, obviously, like mm -hmm. people know this. Um, but he will you know be pumping gas and all of a sudden i'll hear roo, 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 and i'm like what is happening <laughs> what is going on <laughs> and because he's seen another omega like he him and his like fraternity brothers had this big old thing at him and my my stepmom's like wedding where they had this whole like omega thing he wore a purple and gold like suit to my high school graduation <laughs> i was like this is too much it's so much but like i i see it more on his side my mom didn't pledge um she didn't really like that wasn't really her thing or whatever and my aunt didn't pledge my uncle i always forget he's a kappa but like he's not really like super 
like it's not like everywhere like where my dad has <laughs> purple and gold everywhere like my uncle doesn't really have red and white everywhere mm-hmm. um he doesn't have a tattoo and my uncle or my my dad has a brand my uncle has a tattoo that's the only like way i kind of like for my uncle that's the only way i kind of remember um but yeah i didn't really i didn't really have that like, same experience i wouldn't say my experience was anything close to dear white people either <laughs> yes. That is like on a whole nother level, like a whole like complete opposite end of the spectrum to the point of being like completely unbelievable. I know it's supposed to be a satire, <laughs> and we will end up talking about that movie later, um, like in another episode. But yeah, um, it was kind of it kind of sucked not getting not being able to go to an HBCU just for that because I know like some other people I know went to like Howard and um. I think one girl is there one in Beaumont? I don't think I'm think I'm making that up. I might be making up where some of my friends have gone to school, but I knew I do know that the whole HBCU culture has been in my life in some form or fashion since I was like a little girl. And I also watched a different world, which made me want to go to school. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think all these TV shows always make school sound so cool. Like it makes like, some of these movies make high school sound, like, fun, and, like, some of these, like, a different world make college sound, like, fun, and um, I did want to go, and I did look up, like, oh, I'd like to, you know, maybe try to go to the school, and I didn't go, which is kind of sad, but, I mean, hey, I turned out all right, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess we can dive into, I guess, the the movie stuff, or... Okay. Because um, I know, I... I watched the movie twice i watched the movie like straight and then i watched it with the um the commentary mm-hmm. and one of the interesting things like i i noted from spike lee like he basically gave his reasoning for making the movie um because this is this is his second movie this is mm-hmm. um after uh she's gotta have it, it yeah which i have not seen i tried to watch the tv show Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That was awful. I won't Mm-mm. do it again. <laughs> I only got through like the first episode and I was like, so we never need to speak about this ever. Um yeah. <laughs> So he he from his commentary, Spike said that he basically wanted to show the characteristics of all the fraternities presented in the fictional fraternity in the movie, which is the Gammas. Um because he went to I want to say he went to Morris Brown. Is that? I thought he went to Morehouse. I see. I cannot remember either. Oh, that's so funny because my my grandpa went to Morehouse. So I'm really deep in the shit. <laughs> um, I want to say he. Okay, let me look it up because I I am. I he went to Morehouse. Okay, he did. I don't know why I went to. I don't know why I wrote Morris Brown. But he said that a dude died while pledging um, Alpha Phi Alpha. Because he like yeah. his heart, his heart gave out doing some whatever they had them doing, and he kind of wanted to like touch on that. And he said that he's been he's amazed at the amount of abuse people would put up put up with to be a part of an organization, any organization of any kind. And he kind of yeah. wanted to show the pettiness between the organizations and black people in general, which I think is a bit much because I I do hate the sort of idea that all black people hate each other, like. That was kind of brought up um, during the 
during the Aretha Franklin <laughs> eulogy, <laughs> which is so bad. Oh, but, yeah. I just didn't watch any of that, but I saw the timeline, like, talking mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And I felt it like was, that was a whole work day, a funeral. Like, that's an eight-hour shift, a funeral. It was, it, I will say it was entertaining. I found out that my grandmother really hates Shaka Khan um, from watching this funeral. <laughs> because my, okay, this is like an aside. This has nothing to do with the movie. But like my grandmother went on a cruise and I guess there was a bunch of famous singers, including Shaka Khan on the cruise. And every all the singers signed the programs except for Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan yeah. wanted people to pay for her autograph which is not unheard of but if you're on a cruise i would feel like your fee would be built in to the fee that people had to pay to uh, like go on the cruise (laughs) it's like you want to pay extra and my mom my grandma was so pissed because jaka had like a fan like she always has a fan or something right but she had like the lyrics of the song taped to the back and you could clearly see because it's this blue fan with like a big ass piece of white paper on the back and my grandma was like, look at her. Of course, she has lyrics in the back of her. That's because she, she's like, you know what? I shouldn't even say anymore. <laughs> I was like, this is oh, bringing bro. out the worst. It's bringing out the worst of my grandma. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was so funny. But, yeah, the, the, the pastor's eulogy started off strong. It went into, like, some really sort of blaming Black people for everything and, like, oh, you'll march for any damn body. But when <gasps> another Black person kills – he didn't say any damn body, but he was like, oh, when a person – shot by police you you know you'll march and you'll destroy property but if another black person if a black person is killed by another black person you don't care and, and all this and i was he's like black lives can't and won't and shouldn't matter until you like black people love each other or something and i was like Ooh, sir, sir 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 and i just saw like like not too long ago that her family actually condemned it because then she i guess he start. i i was like I'm, he's about to start talking about people boys with sagging pants and stuff he's gonna sound like my family and i was like that's my time i gotta go so like so like um yeah he starts like talking about like black mothers like black mothers can't raise black sons which i was like didn't aretha franklin raise her kids by herself like what are you saying i was like are you just saying that only black men can raise their black ass sons or like where the fuck are they and that's the case I was like, oh, you're doing a lot, sir. I was like, bring back the musical performances. That's too much. Oh, my God. But, but yeah, so I think. I'm good. It, it was good. It the Before that was good. Like, all the performances were good. Well, I didn't see all the performances. I got home at, like, 2 o'clock or whatever. So the funeral had been going on since, like, 9 a.m. by that time. I was trying to help my grandma record it on her DVR. So, um. Yeah, I didn't watch all of it, but you know, some of the performances they had recapped, and I was like, okay, this is nice. Ron Isley got up there, and I was like, sir, are you, is this a seductive tone we're taking, or is this like a, a gospel tone? I feel oh. like it's a mixture, and it's making me a little uncomfortable. Oh, no, <laughs> sexy Jesus songs. I forgot what he sang. It wasn't that bad. It just kind of, you know, how Ron Isley kind of sings. It was kind of like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, oh no! Wait Actually, a you Mashaka. just made me like imagine him singing between the sheets, but as a gospel. Everybody was like, "What if he started singing Contagious?" And I was like, "Well, shut, oh shut it down, 
shut it down right now. <laughs> shut this shit down. <laughs> no more. Um, but yeah, back to Spike. I think he kind of has harbors that that attitude a little bit. Um, I haven't watched all. I haven't watched a lot of Spike Lee movies. I will be honest. I've only seen Do the Right Thing and then whatever that sh- she's got to have it show was. Um, okay, so I'm not like super well versed in his movies. I know about them, but like not having experienced them. But what I can tell, <laughs> um, this okay. I this is something that I like picked up on a long time ago. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Spike Lee movies. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen almost all of them, with the exception of like "Do the Right Thing," which is probably really? one of the most important ones. I um, liked that movie actually. I mean, I don't know. I don't, that was a while ago, so I might you know time changes everything. But at the time, I I enjoyed it. I'm gonna probably watch it before the year is up. But mm-hmm. one thing I've noticed, especially when I'm was watching School of Haze this time, Spike Lee brings up a lot of messages or a lot of points, like jumping off points for discussion, but then he mm-hmm. never like starts that discussion. So There's like not like any sort of actual attempt to have an like opinion, not an opinion, but like yeah, explore what the solutions could be. It's just kind of like, look at you, look at y'all killing each other. And it's like, I mean, okay, black people who kill each other probably know other black people. Like, how many black people do you know just going to go up and bang on a white person? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I, I, I realize even in this movie, a lot of it is unresolved. There's a lot of unresolved yes. pieces of this movie. Okay, so let's. The, that's my issue. Okay. I'm trying to think. What part comes first? Okay. Um, um, I have... Oh, before we discuss, I need to say, when, before we jump in, um, there is a couple things I noticed, I guess, or I, I, I brought up, I guess, from the commentary. One, that him and Lawrence Fishburne did not get along <laughs> while they were making this movie. Him and Lawrence Fishburne did I can not see get that. along. Because Lawrence Fishburne had been acting a while at this point, and um, but they both had really big egos. He said, "I have, a, I have a big ego. He has a big ego." I thought he knew. I thought I knew more than he did, and in some ways, I did. But he, they basically bumped heads, um, and then they also um, were filming this at Morehouse College. Um, but they, or I think they were. Filming it either at Morehouse or Clark. I think it was Clark. But um They were like asked to leave the campus, like y'all. They were can't. asked to leave the campus for a reason which um Spike alleges that he um the officials of Morehouse Feldman and Clark Atlanta said he needed to stop because of the way he was portraying the historically black colleges in the film and he had to finish at the neighboring Morris Brown College. Um, and then he also said that the, they did not like the way that the president of the school in the movie was casted. And he alleges that they said that he looked like a Sambo, which I was like, whoa, well, that's whoa, that's just that man face. <laughs> I was like, he looks, he looks like a dude. I don't know. He didn't look like anything to me. He, just looked, like a, he looked like an old black dude. Like, oh, fuck. That's just, that's how he looked. And y'all gonna say he looked, that's fucked up. That is fucked up. And so he's like, yeah, I d- he didn't go back to um, 
do anything with Morehouse or like involve himself in any Morehouse things. I think now he's like on the on the board of of alumnus something. He's got something to do with Morehouse now, but like he was um kind of disillusioned by that for a while, which I would be too if that happened. Um and then there's one real big issue which I will leave it till we get to the big scene with the colorism because I think it plays into hugely this movie and it also plays into a thing that I do not like directors doing which is um um doing things behind the scenes to their actors to yeah. extract performances because if you don't think your actors can perform maybe you should hire different actors <laughs> would be my thing but from my notes I have that the opening there's like an opening montage of like moments in black history so there's like mlk um malcolm x booker t washington mary bethune cookman um there's like Jackie Mays. oh i think Ella Fitzgerald. yeah um there's the boston bus riots which i um it was with the one with the 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 white guys trying to impale the black guy with the american flag which is all kinds of fucked up <laughs> um that's America. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. So that's, a, that's literally America. Shout out to y'all counting off all your Nike checks off your clothes, looking like dumbasses after you done paid for them. But anyway, <laughs> so he, Spike said that he, he wanted to show these images because it's got like a Negro spiritual happening behind them mm-hmm. too. Um, while like all this, all these photos are being played. Um, and he kind of wanted to show the evolution of black people and their journey in the country. Um, because I think he also had like a photo of like Thurgood Marshall and, and Marcus and so you, Garvey. Yeah. So you go from like, from like, you know, slavery, basically. Yeah. Cause he had an image of like the slave diagrams. And you um, can hear the water. Like it's like a boat sailing when the movie like oh, starts. Oh, did it? Okay. I missed that mm-hmm. part. Well, yeah. That's so something he, I paid day mm, okay but um so it begins officially at um the fictional mission college on a friday because it's homecoming weekend um and it is an anti-apartheid demonstration which actually really plays heavily into a different world too i remember that mm-hmm. um which uh i don't know what what year did a different world start 1987 okay. but that's when it was a white people college yeah, that's when denise House was it denise yeah yeah yeah, yeah don't watch the first se- if you've never seen the first season don't bother no, <laughs> just skip right working. ahead on skip right ahead on to the second season um and and mission college is uh the tagline is the finest black college in the land or i think either i think lauren fisher calls it that dap calls it that but he is calling for a full shutdown of the school for supporting apartheid because I think um, in some form or fashion, I don't know if they were, I think they were not openly condemning apartheid, which I think is what they wanted to do. I know there are some companies that were protested because they either did business in South Africa or the like, but I, I think, do you think his his thing was just he wanted like an open condemnation of of apartheid or was there like more to it because i don't Um, know if i ever got that i uh, a lot of this stuff didn't provide clear goals Mm -hmm. 
Um, it seems to me like um, that's whole thing was that he wanted the um, school to acknowledge and do something about it. Like, yeah, I think I, I don't. Yeah, like I don't know if he said that, but that's like what I interpreted from his actions and like his conversations about the topic. I assumed that he wanted um, the school to, and the like student body more so than the university to do something. Mm-hmm. And to, I guess to just motivate his the actual student body to to care because that comes up a lot where um, there are people who do care about the situation and there are people who are like, that's Africa. <laughs> I am not African necessarily. I, you know, it's like a weird yeah. sort of thing. Diaspora wars. <laughs> <laughs> so, pro tip: do not talk about Tevin Campbell ever. <laughs> no, because like you talk about Tevin Campbell, I I will fight you. Like I'm one of them folks. I will oh, fight you. Side note: you in this house. The, 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 um, I guess the perpetrator of the diaspora wars referred to Aretha Franklin's homegoing as our homegoings. It did not end up well. I saw the comments. (laughs) Did not end up, did not go well. So, yeah. (laughs) But, But, um, oh, God. So we see the the gamut. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Julian, which is John Carlo. Esposito. Okay, this is another aside, and it's going to be messed up. But, like, he is fine, but he reminds me of Shock G. Hold up. Like, Humpty Hump. Hold on. Oh, no! Brittany, no! (laughs) I just realized that you were... Like, oh my god, I hate like you. G, um, no, I didn't. Uh, y'all, I didn't think that was Shock G for real, but he looked like he could have been like Shock G uncle. And sorry, that was messed up of me. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. We're gonna, but we're gonna. This is how right. my brain works. And if you haven't realized by now that I ain't shit, then I don't know he what does, to do. Oh my god, he does kind of not. Well, it doesn't think it's the glasses, really. Yeah, it's just the glasses. Like, without them, mm-hmm. all right. With them. And he, it's the hair. It's more like the hair. Because, like, even as Gus, like, he fine as Gus. But oh, it's just man. something about Julian that was like, damn, the Humpty Dance. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> um, like, so we see the, the gammas. This is when the gammas come in. Gamma Phi Gamma, which is not a real fraternity. But no, I I think it for me personally, um, they kind of resemble more of the Q's. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because the funny okay, the fucked up part is, and the funny part is, is that really the only fraternities and sororities that are mentioned or at least alluded to are uh, Alpha Phi Alpha, Omega Sci Fi, and Kappa Alpha. <laughs> the Kappas. And then Alpha just Psi. Yeah, Alpha. I cannot remember the last letter. Sorry. Um the Kappa Alpha Psi and then the authorities would be the Deltas and AKs. They don't really mention any of the other <laughs> sororities and fraternities, even in passing. 
Um, no. which no. I'm gonna keep it cute. I'm gonna keep it cute. I'm gonna keep it they, cute. Okay, I will be okay. I'm a neutral party in this because it doesn't matter to me. Um, I feel like that is like a thing in general. Like, I okay. don't know anybody when I was in school that wanted to pledge anything else other than the main two sororities. Um, and I don't know if it's because they're the oldest or because they're the most well-known. Um, I do know people who are in uh, the Zetas and the SG row. Well, I don't know an SG row. I do know a Zeta. I think she's like my dad's cousin. And then I do know um, a couple of other people from other fraternities. Because of like, the Iotas and uh, the Sigmas. Uh, oh. I do not... The Iotas are like the babies of the group. They were formed in like 1960 or something. So like nobody yeah, really. 1963. Like I was like, oh. Yeah. They're the babies. Mm. So you have like organizations who are like formed like the early 1900s. So in comparison, they're like the noobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't really know. They don't really get a lot of attention, I feel. Unless it's like negative attention. <laughs> which I feel bad. I feel bad. Because the thing is, so Spike said he wanted all the char- like the worst characteristics of all the fraternities in the Gammas. Um, and he even had a, like a guy who was a member of the Omegas, I want to say. It's in somewhere in my notes. He was in a fraternity who he had actually like as like kind of like a consultant and the guy took some heat because all the, like their um you sharing secrets, bruh. Yeah, sharing secrets and all the kind of stuff. But then the secrets that they're sharing, I'm like, do you really make people drink or eat stuff with laxative in it to become a, a member of your organization that is based off of scholarship and service to the community? I don't know. It, uh, it, it, it stresses me out to think of that because I was like, I almost wanted to call my dad and ask him, but then I didn't because I was like, he probably wouldn't tell me. But I was like, um, sirs, sirs and ma'ams, what's going on i hope you're not shitting your pants for mm-hmm. for a scholarship but <laughs> but um there's a lot of like so the divine nine all of them have certain characteristics because we talked about this in like the episode about cults um i think for sound of my voice where the the white organizations I feel like there's so many of them that they don't have their own personalities necessarily. And they might, depending on what school you're at or whatever. I guess. I don't I like, know. I have no idea. I don't know. Because the thing is, too, is that most people only pledge in college and then they're done. That's it. They don't really, they might parlay it into like a job interview or something. If like you and like somebody else was like in the same fraternity back in the day, but like it doesn't really come to play. Whereas like my family, especially like my dad is like, die hard i will i eat breathe and <laughs> sleep this shit so this for life it's yeah like it's for, for life. life and so the the personalities are are attached there are personalities attached to each organization i guess um mm-hmm. but in the gammas there's a lot of barking <laughs> which is a major omega thing i don't know why <laughs> And I won't even, I won't even question why. But, um, so yeah, so they're doing, um, they're online, which is, I guess, them looking like Michelin men 
<laughs> they're like like Michelin men in their black outfits. Um, they're doing a chant. Um, and it's a big deal because it's homecoming week. And the whole time while this is happening, do you know like the entire commentary that Spike Lee was cracking the hell up, like <laughs> like howling, laughing at some of this stuff. And I was like, you wrote this. <laughs> Maybe he forgot. I don't know. And then he went back and was like, I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do. Mm, yeah. And and so he's got them doing Julian, who is the leader of the gammas, um, he is he's got them doing this chant, but he's interrupted the apartheid um I guess rally. Yeah, the apartheid rally. And so him and, and Lawrence Mishburne start arguing. Um which Julia says something very telling, which I wrote down, which is they didn't agree to this African mumbo jumbo, which yes, Julian's feelings on um I guess the whole apartheid thing, kind of like that's them over there, that's their problem, and not something that people over in America, specifically black people, should be worrying about, which is upsetting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Why did I write this? I said, you said that he looked like Shang Chi. I but let me write. Let me tell you how my John Carlo Esposito is. <laughs> I <laughs> his comment honestly made me think of something that happened. Um, mm-hmm. Greek, um, black Greek letter organizations were founded on a lot of different principles. Most of mm-hmm. them have to do with civil activism. Um, being engaged in your communities, um, scholarship, of course, because you have to be a student first before you can be a member. Like you have to, um, show that you are, um, scholarly, like have good grades for the most part, engaging your community and different things like that. And sometimes I feel like the tenants of each of the organizations, because all of them, um, are built upon the same kind of beliefs and yeah. slightly different terminology. Yeah, um, they but are. Those are like the building blocks. And I feel like a lot of times those um, foundations, they members lose sight of for yeah, like all the other things that you have to do. And Spike and, mentions that a lot too. He mentions that a lot in this movie, um, or at least in the commentary about how a lot of the, um, a lot of people who pledge, I guess, he focuses more on fraternities. He doesn't, you know, really talk about sororities that much, but he says that a lot of people that he saw that were trying to pledge were only really in it for like the parties and the girls and that kind of thing and sort of the status that you got once you were an actual member because you got to get a jacket and all this other stuff. And so suddenly girls were like looking at them a different way, which he, he kind of condemns the girls and the guys, which I thought was kind of fucked up because he was like, well, you didn't pay attention to this guy until he was a member of this organization. He had a jacket. And I was like, well, maybe it changed for them. I don't know. Like maybe, cause I feel like if you went, like if you were online and they did all this stuff and you kind of, had this shared brotherhood all of a sudden like that would change your perspective on a lot of stuff so maybe they just became more appealing i wouldn't like 
I think he was trying to just be like, oh, you little bird ass bitches. <laughs> you just want him because he's got a jacket. Uh, <laughs> basically. Which I was like, that's not entirely fair. But like, I, I do think like, like, I don't know anybody. I only know one guy who, I actually know two guys who pledged like while I was in school, I guess. But like, I don't really have like inside knowledge or whatever um, of like their reasonings. Um, I know that when I was in school, I did toy around with the idea of being a sorority, um, like in the early days of my education, um, just because it just looked like it was like a way, you know, you can, you can be around a lot of people, number one, not just like parties, but like in general, you have like a group of people that you're with, you have, you know, you, I like the idea of, you know, doing like stuff in the community and actually like being a part of like a group that wanted to do that rather than just having sort of like you know volunteering randomly I don't know why and then it just like the whole like the look of it I guess was just like oh this looks like something I would like to be a part of it wasn't just like parties and that kind of thing because we did have we had all um the entire Divine Nine at my school, even though I went to a predominantly white institution, <laughs> which still sounds weird to me. Um, we had the whole thing and I would go to like parties and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think, I don't, I never considered doing it for like status mm-hmm. at all um, because I was kind of like a loner anyway. So it was kind of like, hard in general to like kind of because you have to be kind of like in the know there's no like rush week (laughs) or any of that there's no like signs or anything like you have to be in the know and by the time like I like could have like seriously considered it I was also like um art is hard (laughs) so I need to focus (laughs) one thing or the other and um it was crazy there there was like one girl left um of this particular organization and like in like 20 girls end up crossing like after a week like I don't think they had to do hardly anything which in this movie I think they were they were pledging for like six weeks yes six six I I asked my mom I was like yeah it was like either like either a little over a month or like two months straight and I was asked my mom I was like how the hell does anybody get anything done when you have to (laughs) be at the beck and call of somebody like I cannot even imagine because I was like I was just thinking in my head was like I was staying up all night to do logos <laughs> I was like <laughs> I was so exhausted like there's no way I was like I either would have failed out of school or done and like there's no way so um but getting back to I guess the plot of the movie um so Spike Lee plays a character called Half Pint. His line name is Half Pint because he's like 5'5", five five, which I think sounds I generous. I feel like he's a cute 5'2". <laughs> I, I would say I was going to be generous and say like he's a 5'3". Like he's 5'3". I feel okay. like he is like height. I, yeah, I, yeah, we're definitely all three of us probably the same height. <laughs> I think I have a cute 5'2", five 5'3". Five um... So he's online and um, Julian, a.k.a. was it Big Brother Almighty? Yes. <laughs> that's his, that's his name. My- yes, Almighty. Yes. <laughs> um, they're all in line together, um, like him and the other line brothers. And they, uh, Julian basically calls him out, says he's a virgin and he's not going to have any virgins in his organization. So he needs to bring a 
freak over. Don't care if she's blind or fat, which I was like, oh, no. <laughs> one legged or had a kickstand. I was like, whoa, dude. Help us, Lord. This is awful. <laughs> so, no teeth, ball head, one legged with a kickstand. I was like, well, fuck. Bring a girl over and have sex with her. And we find out later that like Half Pint and um, Dap are cousins. First cousins. First cousins. And, um, Half Pint once asked Dap to find him a girl. <laughs> and Dap was like, nah, <laughs> not doing it. Um, so later we cut to the founders, actually, no, the school administration, um, which it was interesting to me to note that there was a, uh, a white guy hanging up as like the founder of the school, which my mom told me she was, that's like a thing that's what i thought what wait what did you say like it was just a fair-skinned black man mm-hmm. like a- well i don't know my mom was saying that only like a few were actually founded by like black people and like i guess like a lot of guilty white people <clears throat> after reconstruction era would like give money to help former slaves i don't know like how like deep because i tried to google I googled like Samu's founder, which mm-hmm. I think was a black guy, but he had given money to the so that there was a kind of like a government initiative, I guess. Um, but it wasn't like exactly clear. I wasn't really kind of understanding, I guess, the ins and outs mm-hmm. of it. Um, but yeah, so the admins are talking, um, and they're kind of talking about stuff that I've heard kind of mentioned even today amazingly about like yeah. hbcus are they relevant um and you know what's the difference between an hbcu and like a catholic college like Notre Dame? um and then i know that people get pissy because they'll say like black people do not support hbcus and hbcus in general um i don't know how fair that is i don't really no, like the ins and outs of like this. I guess the statistics with incoming freshmen and and the fucking uh, graduation weight for FAMU was low as shit. <laughs> like it was really bad. It was like at least on Google it said like thirty percent, and I was like, you cannot be serious. That sounds like BS. I hope that's not true. I hope that's just because college is expensive and not people are just like, nah, dude, I can't pass these classes. Like, but that. It gives me pause. <laughs> like this conversation honestly just like made me think of a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like um, the school I went to, Albany State, was founded um, after the founder read The Souls of Black Folks. Um, mm-hmm. He, like W.E.B. Dubois, went down to Albany and saw how the black people there lived. Mm-hmm. And um, our founder, Joseph Holly, like read the book and he came up with the idea to start a, like a Bible school uh-huh. in that area for black people. Um, what is messed up about like the land that the city gave to them to start the school is that it's located by the Flint River, um, the river that is known to flood. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they put them on shitty land of course yeah and uh, like one the reason why 
Um, Albany State has the nickname of the unsinkable Albany State University is that um, the school actually like flooded twice. Um, Like really, really bad flooding that like destroyed buildings and on some of the buildings that were rebuilt. um, Mm -hmm. I forgot when the first flood was, but the second flood happened, I think in 1994. Mm -hmm. Um, The only part of any of the original buildings that was left was like a smokestack so that is like in the center of our campus Mm -hmm. and I remember like with I was I'm a I was a psychology major and like on the outside of the psychology building I think it was like a plaque saying like the flood waters were like this high yeah um and to me that when I think about the flooding and how the school like rebuilt itself and continues to build itself now Mm -hmm. that kind of plays into like the fortitude of that university yeah and um how it continues to endure over the years and there were two there technically were two colleges in the area Mm -hmm. so you had albany state university which was the hbcu and then you had darton community college which was located toward like where most of the white people in albany live Mm -hmm. um where like they'll put the schools right next to each other because and at um famu like florida state university is like next door like it is next door to the school pretty much like they're on top of each other yes like I went to, like, I was around Florida, like, FSU, and I passed, like, a hair store and went under the bridge, and then I was like, oh, this must be family. <laughs> 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 like, what oh happened God. in Albany is that the the schools merged. Oh, okay. So there's debate about, like, Will Albany State University continue to be a HBCU when it merged with Darton College? Okay. Um, so that reminded me of the conversation between like the president of the school and like the admins up there is like black people. We do like you. We support our um schools like. Yeah. People who go to HBCUs, they're proud about it. Like they love their school. Um, this economy you may not be able to um donate as much mm-hmm. as like you might have been in the past, but they love their school. And I feel like a conversation with like the difference between like Notre Dame and HBCUs, it's like honestly, when you think about who comes from those uh, expensive private schools mm-hmm. those are like million billionaires you know what I'm saying yeah yeah because of white privilege like they have access to endless resources they have tons and tons of money they can donate millions of dollars they can build a school with their family name I mean build a like building with their family name on it and that's not do. saying that um, graduates of HBCUs can't do the same thing, but the alumni kind of looks a little different. You know what I'm saying? There's like always some like sort of weird backlash from white people when they hear about historically black colleges. Um, 
because they seem to think it's like exclusionary, even though I, I do know that they are there are white people that go to HBCUs. Yes. Um, for whatever reason. Um, so I think it's just kind of ridiculous. I think that's why what their the administration is trying to bring up in the movie is kind of like why are we picked upon when there are other schools that are, I guess, could be considered exclusionary, like a Catholic university or whatever. So, but also I don't know if white people, they they, they only bring up this stuff every so often, so I don't even know if it's in their public consciousness that we have HBCUs. I know that there's like a big thing of, of recently, like in the current administration that wants to like get rid of them, but like fascism so like so i don't it's kind of one of those things of like they bring it up like the same way they bring up black history month like why do y'all get a month and it's like because we fought for this month and suck a dick (laughs) like (laughs) like shut the fuck up nobody gave it to us we fought for it so eat a dick and go to your school there's a million and one pwis quote unquote um, that you can go to and you're not barred by any means to go to a black school if you so choose you probably wouldn't don't even lie like you would so like <laughs> so I don't know what the problem is but it is kind of like a weird um like a weird topic that comes up every so often not in a way that would actually ever like bring about any sort of positive change <laughs> which i don't think there needs to be any sort of positive change in the fact that there are hbcus i think they are i think it's a good thing to have them um i i agree yeah um mostly because like when you do go to hbcus you learn about your school's history like for me mm-hmm. for example i had to take a course on the history of albany state oh, and that's, that's crazy about our uh, founder and like what inspired him to open the school and I feel like um most HBCUs would have like that it's kind of like a freshman seminar course where you Mm. learn about college you learn about your college yeah um and I I really hope HBCUs don't go anywhere I feel like they are necessary yeah they are y'all saw how wild everybody got about um Beyonce's Coachella a performance that's mm-hmm. life at an HBCU for real like mm-hmm. that's what it is like that vibe that energy especially at football games that's mm-hmm. what it is mm-hmm. exactly. and you we need that like we need it we need yeah. it yeah um okay so so we're at Lawrence's dorm I'm gonna. Ba- I keep bouncing back and forth between Lawrence and and Dap, but like Lawrence, Dap. Was, yeah, Dap. Um, so a bunch of the guys, I guess, a bunch of his friends are asking like, why is half pipe pledging? And he's trying to like rally them to help to help him protest at the administration building. Um, and they're like, man, we just want to go party. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can be on your Nat Turner shit. You can be on your Malcolm X shit. But we just want to party. <laughs> Um, and so after this, there's like a weird montage of like, um, of half pint trying to find a girl to have sex with, um, which is so funny. So he calls himself Gamite number one. And my mom was like, okay, this is because he, it was arranged by height. And he's number yes. one be- because he's the he's shortest. Eight. And I was like, yep. 
So if they had any sense, they'd be like, oh no, you're bottom wrong. <laughs> I feel so bad. He's trying to make it seem like he's so big and bad in the in the line, but really he's not really anything. Um so a bunch of the basically every girl called Technically important. He he is half fight. So he he's the like important person because he's the first person that you will see when they mm-hmm. go places as a line. That is true. So okay. he, he kind of important. He's important. He's just really, really low to the ground. Raggedy as person, but he important. <laughs> he is really raggedy. Um, so the girls carve him like every last one. Um, one of the girls said she'd break him in two, which I believe. <laughs> 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 I I believe it. Um, so then there's another scene cut. And we see Jasmine Guy, who I did not realize was in this movie, as I said. Um, I love her. And she... So, okay, this confused me a lot. Because at first I thought she was in a sorority. And I was like, what is this? Because they meow whenever they do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're actually, like, the, the sweetheart um, mm-hmm. I guess the heart group of the Gamma, the Gamma Sweethearts. So they're Gamma Rays. I thought they were a sorority. And um, so they are, her and Tisha Campbell, a bunch of other girls are arranging, they're trying to arrange like a party for the Gammas, I guess for homecoming. Um, And so my mom had to explain to me like on certain campuses, like the fraternities had sweethearts because I don't think we had sweethearts at my school. I don't remember there being any. Um, I I thought this was a white people thing that they had sweethearts. (laughs) But apparently... So, my, so what I, I learned, what I gathered, that there's the Alpha Angels, and you can correct me because I don't know. Alpha Angels, mm-hmm. Kappa Kittens, and a Q Pearl. Mm-hmm. So, and a Sigma Sweethearts. The Sigma Sweethearts? Okay. Yeah, because I well, wrote down like. Sigma has Sweethearts? The Sigmas and the Betas are the only organizations that are like brother sister organizations. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they are? Okay. Yeah. This is like in their like, like their charter. So they're they're the only groups that are like okay. uh, constitutionally bound to one another. Okay, because I've always seen I've always seen like AKs and Alphas as yes. sort of like unofficial brother sister, and like Deltas and Qs as unofficial. But I didn't know if there was like official official like brother sister organizations. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder why that is. But, oh, okay. Um, uh, do you know? Okay. So, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated was the first histor- um, first uh, Black Greek letter fraternity. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's the first Black fraternity. Um, it was founded in 1906. Come on, numbers. Um, <laughs> so, so, they're the first. Okay. Like, that's the okay. first um, organization. And I hope everybody listening knows that um black greek letter organizations were established because black people on college campuses weren't allowed to be in white sororities or fraternity throwback to Um, that uh, that oklahoma fraternity had that racist chant (laughs) mm -hmm. and now people were like well why don't you want to do why do why do we need black anything well because of that shit that's why Mm -hmm. because you'd rather string a nigger from a tree (laughs) yeah yeah so um the founder of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated was inspired to create this um, organization because she was 
um, she was like in a relationship with uh, one of the founders from Alpha. Okay. Um, by Alpha, and she started the sorority on the campus of Howard University in 1908. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to build that organization for Black women to engage in scholarship and civil activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's typically why the alphas and the AKAs are linked because they're number one, the, the number two, number one period. of the of the both of the sets. Yes, yes. the first yep. number sets. one point blank tell, period. Can y'all tell which sorority Brittany is a part of? I hope you can tell. They're number one point blank period, and. They, um, since the founders of each organization were together, mm-hmm. that's why it's like a brother sister okay. type thing. That makes sense. I knew about them. I mean, obviously that they're the first. I knew that part. I didn't know the part about the founders being like together. So that's kind of yeah. cool. Um, uh, that makes sense. I did not know that the the sweetheart thing is kind of a weird. It's, that's also not on every campus it's like a weird groupie thing because they like plan this stuff and they like hang around with them and but they're not actually in any sororities themselves they're like i don't know the extent of like what it takes to be a sweetheart but it doesn't seem like it's um as extensive as being like in a sorority like as i guess as rigorous of a process i'm not sure I don't know anybody who's ever been a sweetheart. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, not sure. <laughs> it's just like a weird, it just seems very, at least in this movie, it's, it seems very groupy. Like, I don't know if you. I, I also think that Spike knew what he was doing mm-hmm. by not having the Gamma Rays be their own separate organization. Yeah, he doesn't, he does not have an established sorority in this movie. He alludes, he directly references the Deltas because we see one of the characters later who actually expresses to Dap that she would like to be a Delta, even though she decides to pledge like her last semester (laughs) of school, which I was like, okay, girl. Um, It happens. Yeah, I mean, you know, get in when you, get in when you can. Um. But then also, so I guess we should get to the part. Um, well, first, I want to get to this part before we get to the real big part. This pass the pussy thing. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so Spike says this is a thing that re- that cues actually say. And I just, it makes me want to like rip my hair out. <laughs> The cues is wild, bro. Like, they are, and I've heard things, and I just try to bruh. ignore them because I'm like, I can't, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I have familial was- relation. I ha- I know somebody who, the person who helped create me, <laughs> says this, <laughs> says this stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to know. Uh, like, oh. I. The oh. cues are intense, y'all. They the are. Cues are intense. Yeah. What I have okay i have a a mini story i can't wait um oh god okay so like at school like every greek organization has a week where you do like a variety of different things throughout the course of the week um the q q week is always really interesting i remember walking to class one time and seeing a giant gold inflatable penis all right oh god no i can't oh god um (laughs) I was like, wait, did I go there? Like, 
it is that's that's what it was oh no um one time i don't know how i ended up in this situation but somehow i ended up in the center of a circle like i was like surrounded completely by cues who are breathing and barking oh god that sounds awful. on me sounds and not like not like outwear barks like no, like like on. On. i was like 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 i was like oh my god what is happening and i just like shrunk down into the center of the circle and crawled out <laughs> <laughs> i was like uh i'm ready to go home now <laughs> like i was with one of my uh line sisters i was like bruh i i wanna i wanna go home Ooh. i wanna go home now i just remember they would do um, weird things in their like um what's the stuff they do the struts or whatever the Words fail me. What's the thing? The stroll, the stroll, the thing. The stroll. stroll. Um, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. It's been a while, y'all. Like, I stopped going to parties real early. <laughs> oh, that's so fun, though. Like, strolling is awesome. I love seeing um, the stroll, but like, they would always do kind of weird things. And I went to one yeah, cue party. Um, it was all right. It was a lot of people there, though. So it wasn't like as wild as it probably could have been because I was, um, babysitting <laughs> i happen to be babysitting two girls unfortunately <laughs> so, um so yeah so i i did try the omega oil it was kind of gross would not recommend um with that level of everclear or whatever they put in it um y'all okay for kids for the little kids that may listen to this be, be careful with themed drinks any of that shit um, because it all tastes like juice. It all it all tastes delicious. I'm pretty sure the Q's drink is Kool Aid in Everclear. Great Kool Aid. That's a, it's close- a secret. I it, I, have it, no I have definitely heard the word Everclear associated with them, and it definitely tasted like Kool Aid. But I mean, it's not terrible. I wouldn't. I can only get one cup, even if I wanted to get another cup, because there were so many people there. I was like, nah, that's I'm not fighting y'all for a you know a paper cup full of booze. Like <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um. So I think yeah that when Spike said that's an actual thing that that you say, I just kind of shrunk. <laughs> like, um, uh, yeah, uh, you. You yeah. I try to I remember mean, that this is a college thing, and like, I would yeah. hope you wouldn't still be saying this when you're a forty year old man. But like, also, you'd be surprised. You see a lot of wild stuff, especially during. I mean, and it's homecoming <laughs> week and all that. Oh god. Okay. So this is the big thing that we need to talk about is the colorism in this movie. So <laughs> the gamers and some other girls who are end up being like they're the darker skinned girls they're mm-hmm. the quote-unquote the natural girls they like collide in the hallway i guess they're just like they, they're trying to get to their respective destinations or whatever and they start calling each other names and like i i'm not used to people straight up calling each other stuff like jigaboo and tar baby <laughs> high yellow heifer like i heard it 
little bits. Like I've heard high yellow plenty of times, not directed at me because I'm just like a normal ass brown ass girl. Like I don't favor <laughs> either. I don't think I, I'm like middle of the road brown girl. I have never freely heard like somebody freely just being like, "Yo, well, get out the way, you chickaboo," and I'm like, "Oh." oh my chest <laughs> like <laughs> my god like they and the, the thing is to um to note is that the gammas actually do have some dark-skinned girls on their on their crew mm-hmm. like it's not just straight up all girls who look like jasmine guy um but they all are kind of the girls who like and this is this is the late 80s y'all so like just bear with it but like the hair is kind of teased out it's real big it's not necessarily like pin straight but you know they got weaves or they got relaxers, relaxers or whatever. But it's not like the the dark skinned girls who have like afros or like close, closely cropped hair. I think some of them have like twists, maybe or dreads. I'm not. I can't really remember. I think like braids, maybe twists you know, or, or braids. Yeah, like they they have what you would call like it's like the natural hair community, <laughs> basically. <laughs> I guess it oh god it 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 was like zero to 60 like this whole thing because we go from this confrontation to like a full-on dance number at madame riri's this beauty salon like, this movie weird like it was like it took like a turn and i was not expecting this because i never hear anybody talking about this scene and i don't know why <clears throat> but like so um they are basically doing like a dance song and dance number like a la like gene kelly or some shit where they are clowning each other for like each other's like good hair and bad hair and like how some of them are light skin and like some of them are dark skin and they're just like pulling out all the like the slurs like you could like ever yeah it's like with a melody and it's like um i like how the (laughs) I like how the song is called Madame Riri's, like as a uh, reference to Aretha Franklin, but I was also like, don't bring Aretha into this. <laughs> <laughs> this insanity. Um, and then the song was composed by Spike Lee's father, um, which I guess- And his sister was Oh, his sister was in it? Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God. Okay, so we need to talk about this too. So like they, so Spike Lee did a thing where he put the light-skinned girls in a nice hotel and he put the dark-skinned girls in a shitty hotel. And mm-hmm. let that happen as like a quote-unquote social experiment or whatever. And I was like, did you need to do that? Did you really need to do that? Like, um, to like basically make each other like pissed off um and like it comes up in other places too like there's like there's actually like a real fight that happens not between the girls but like between the guys like during the step show scene later but like the girls were actually like pissed at each other because there there's clear favoritism being shown even though it's not i don't know if it's like actual favoritism or is it just like in service of the art but like it's so ridiculous i was like if you don't think they can be intense to each other then maybe you should just hire different girls or you should try to motivate them in other ways other than like literally making their living accommodations <laughs> shitty for the job they have to work and my god okay. like 
I don't understand. But so they have like the light skinned girls have like Hattie McDaniel fans, which is the the if you don't know who Hattie McDaniel Daniel oh. is, she's the maid from Gone with the Wind. Um, I think she was nominated for like an Oscar for that, which is kind of crazy to me all the and time. She couldn't go to the fucking like, Oscars, I believe. Yeah, it's in the ceremony to get I was, it. I was like, the, the weirdness of white people. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So, um, and then the, the dark skin girls have fans of Scarlett O'Hara on them, which is like, I mean, they don't even portray them as like black, other black people. Like, they could have picked someone else light, like, I don't know, Rita Horn <laughs> or somebody. I don't know, but you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't disrespect them like that. You wouldn't disrespect Rita Horn like that, I guess. Um, so yeah, so the lyrics are kind of crazy. This, Everything about also, this scene is like insane to me. Like okay, so uncomfortable. So, I got a couple of things to say about this. Okay. Um, first of all, <laughs> good and bad hair. It doesn't matter if you're black or you're fair. Um, oh, they. This is a topic that hits the timeline on Twitter like every three months. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, this is something that I actually enjoy this argument. Like I enjoy this argument. Yeah. Because people say some really wild stuff and like, I don't like these dark skinned heifers. And it'd be like, wait, we the same color, bro. You ain't like we wouldn't be considered light skinned. Like we brown. Yeah. Um I would not be considered this- light skinned at like any point in time. <laughs> like I was like, wait. I was like, girl, what? We're the same shade in Norris. What? <laughs> um, was the shade but, that all the girls like, would be getting from Mac was the NC45, which it was always like too light for most people. I think. If you, if you go to Mac, you're going to be NC50 <laughs> or NW45. Uh, okay. It doesn't matter what color you actually are. Those are the two colors they're going to give you. <laughs> Jesus. My God. And you may not be either. I know. Um, but when I was younger and going like being a teenager going to school, I, I feel like the Jigaboos and the wannabes were coded as certain sororities. Yes, they are. Do you want me to say which ones so you don't have to say them? Um... Yeah, you you could go ahead. So definitely the the wannabes or the gamma rays or whatever. Or so gamma rays the wannabes or the wannabes are the dark skinned yeah. girls. The wannabes are the gamma rays. Okay, so basically the light skinned girls are the AKs and the uh, dark skinned girls are the deltas. And it was an added bonus features, I guess, that they are all in red during this scene, which the gamma rays are in silver because the gamma. Uh, men's colors are black and silver, so they're matching like their um, organization's colors or whatever. But yeah, basically, this is like a thing I've always heard. Um, even outside of being in school, like even before I was in school, after whatever, that usually the stereotype is that the Delta is always dark skin girls and AKA is always light skin girls. Is that true? Not really, because I have definitely. Give me breath. Yes, Brittany is um an AK. She's not light skinned. Um, no, and <laughs> no, I mean like in, like I think me and you are basically the same color. 
we brown out yeah, here, bro. We're brown. And then the the one AKA I did know at um my school, she was dark skinned too. Um the girl I see on the highway when I'm going to work <laughs> got the AKA plates or whatever, they all dark skinned. So I think it's kind of like one of those old um stereotypes that has just mm-hmm. made it through the, the you know the test of time. Um and then I and guess this, I guess it goes back to like the the does it go back to like the split of the organizations too with like the AKA splitting off into or the Delta yeah. splitting off into organizations? Me? I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I'm not really like again well versed. <laughs> um, I I don't want to quote Nicki Minaj or anything. Help us, Lord, um, please, please to freedom. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but okay. So like. This is something that bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like it, it bothers me for a multitude of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons being that it's dumb. Yeah. Like, yes, all like the the deltas were born from AKA. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a dissension in the group. Um, over like what every group every member wanted to accomplish, so they left and made their own thing. And you know what? That's a it is what it is situation. That happens in organizations all the time, like mm-hmm. for of any kind of <laughs> I guess topic, sports, whatever. Like it happens all the time. It's not like a new thing. Mm-hmm. Countries and like <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> like the the thing, like it happened in the early nineteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. So that is we hundred years from that that now. Mm-hmm. Um What's bothersome is that, like, some members of both organizations are really adamant about keeping those stereotypes or those qualities alive when it really doesn't make any sense. Mm. Like, we're like we're all Black women. We're all trying to, um, well, I can't say we're all Black women because, you know, we're not every member is a black woman that's true um but we're all um members of this these organizations because we like something about it Mm -hmm. like we're here to do things for our community we're here to promote scholarship this is what it should be about it shouldn't be about like bashing one another because that doesn't make sense like yeah you can't hold a grudge against some somebody for like something that happened not even to you yeah but happened over a century ago you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like and this is not for everybody but it's for some people like they are hardcore to like you can't be like i cannot be your friend because you're aka or i cannot be your friend because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're a delta mm-hmm. and i'm like it's it's all lame like it all in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you're here to do something for yourself, for your community, for your children, whoever. It's not about fighting or arguing, but like, I'll be honest. Like I didn't let that get to me mm-hmm. at all. Like, sure. Like I have cousins who are deltas. Like mm-hmm. I have cousins and family members in all, most of the, organizations i don't know any iotas um i don't want to say we don't recognize them in my house but <laughs> i know I one i don't know if he's very active i know one and he's 
not well <laughs> his his i guess his racial makeup is very 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 mixed <laughs> so um and his mom is actually a delta and her racial makeup is when you would see her the first thing you would think is she's a white woman and when she opens her mouth it's a little different <laughs> but when you see her she's very pale very loosely um curly hair and um but she is a hardcore delta always goes to events always does all the stuff in the dallas area like she's diehard so i don't know it's kind of like people they rep they set now yeah um but like the the only thing that bothered me like usually i i that i never paid attention to that mm-hmm. like i mo- like most of my friends were part of the same organization and that's not because of um the organization itself is like these are people i've known since like childhood mm-hmm. who had the same um interests as I did and wanted to be a part of this organization the same way that I did Mm -hmm. um but like the only thing that really got to me is when you're doing strolls and then somebody they play knuck if you buck oh is that like a bruh bruh like breaking a mirror in my face bruh like, oh. <laughs> I don't know why. like that's the only thing that ever got to me like <laughs> when they they're strolling and they're breaking me oh bruh like that's the only thing <laughs> I ever got other than that i'm good but ooh, don't break no mirror in front of my face now I never, y'all scroll I, that way i never saw them do that at my uh school they would do the strolls and stuff but like i don't think they ever like had like out like i guess outward aggression toward each other but also like it's some distros yeah. it's a couple yeah i'm but i'm sure only thing yeah i um i don't even know i maybe because the weird thing about it is like the i feel like the when i was there when i was interested i guess being in like an organization there wasn't a lot of people there like from either i feel like the numbers kind of because you know people graduated but i don't know like what was going on with the lines and i don't know like you know when they decide to, you know, do a new line or whatever. Um, so yeah, so I never really noticed any like outward aggression. I went to like probates and stuff. Um, and then like, of course they would stroll at parties, but it wasn't like they would be like, stro- like, you know how the line in school days is kind of like, <laughs> like in front of everybody. It wasn't really like that, like during the day it was more like at the parties and stuff. So, but of course I was like- also holed up in the art building. So... <laughs> I wasn't seeing much of anything. Um, that okay, so during homecoming they have like different events on campus. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they have like a stroll off. So that's when all the organizations like go to the gym or the auditorium and do their strolls. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they will have a mock stroll off, which is interesting. So mock stroll off is when um fraternities and sororities draw a name and like whatever organization you pick you have to do a stroll similar to theirs Mm. so like if aka's were to get alpha then you would have to do a like a a aka twist on the alpha stroll essentially so So you might be doing like uh gorilla faces and looking hardcore you're about to make eight faces and and stuff that's a lot (laughs) So like 
we would that would happen sometimes. That's actually kind um, of fun. So that's kind of what it was a little bit in school days. Mm-hmm. Um, but like getting back to like this is messed up, and this has nothing to do with like uh, sororities or anything. But like um, the colorism in this movie is wild. Yeah. Um, I know a couple like after the Madame Riri's number. Um, Rachel is talking to Dap about something and he mentions how he doesn't like um the the does he say he doesn't like the gamma rays or he says something about them and she <laughs> insists that he's color struck or something. Yeah, because he's always talking and, about the gammas. He's talking about the gamma specific like Julian specifically. And I was like, wait. <laughs> I hadn't heard color struck in a long time. Dude. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, okay. Um, but this is messed up now. This is me being raggedy. Mm-hmm. So Tisha Campbell ain't cute. Oh like, gosh. Like in this movie or in general. Just in general. Oh no. In, <laughs> like this okay, y'all. This is gonna sound colorist. Um, and I'm not being salty because I'm a brown girl, but like sometimes people with a fair complexions are received, like perceived to be more attractive than they actually are. Oh yeah. That happens all the time. Because of the of their skin. Oh yeah. And I feel like Tisha Campbell fell into that category oh, gosh. and it's, also obvious in her later work, like when you watch Martin, oh yeah, how she's treated versus how Pam is treated, mm-hmm. and I feel like her te- Tashita is beautiful. Yeah, like Pam was fine, and I don't understand why she was the butt of Martin's jokes for being ugly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because she wasn't ugly. She's not ugly. No. Like, she was gorgeous in that show. I think it's like later on. Yeah, I think the best. Like I think a lot of people just started realizing, like, oh wait, Pam was the bad. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also something that I wanted to talk about with Spike. So like the movie to me is a kind of like a lot of different assorted like vignettes mm-hmm. of things that would happen on a black campus yeah because like you go to like a football game the school loses the next scene you go to a homecoming parade uh somebody pop out next scene you go to like a miss um miss mission college uh pageant Mm -hmm. um but this was something that made me kind of get hip to spike and what he does is like he brings up all of these conversations he doesn't explore them and then he drops them and moves to the next thing and then he might mission it again in passing mm-hmm. and i feel like more like if he were to like spend a little time on what he's trying to say all of his movies would be more impactful yeah like they are impactful themselves on a very um shallow surface level yeah, I, and that's what I found annoying. Like you, there's there's a difference between a filmmaker leaving things ambiguous and asking like 
calling the viewer to interpret the scene mm-hmm. versus bringing things up. And I, this is something that you already heard me talk about Black Panther in like our Sweet Sweet Back episode. Mm-hmm. But this is something that happened in Black Panther as well, where um, Ryan Coogler, um, as the director and the writer of the film, brought o- like brought a lot of topics that could have been explored more within the film, mm-hmm. like you know T'Challa um, dealing with how his father ran their kingdom versus how he want to run runs it. He wants to run it in the future. Mm-hmm. Like if if he had spent more time trying to um like cope or deal with that dilemma or like let it marinate a little more i feel like black panther could have been more impactful beyond the shallow surface of a black superhero in a majority of the action taking place in a fake african country Mm -hmm. um and this is also something you see in a lot of spikes movies and i noticed this like when i was in my later teens like when I was like in middle school, I was obsessed with bamboozled. I thought that was like the most compelling look at black media. Like I felt like, oh my God, we do shuck and jive. We do do this. We do that. that. Oh my God. What if we stop? We could be so great as a, a, a people. Mm-hmm. And when I looked back at that, like when I was maybe in college, I looked back at the movie and I was like, this is like kind of inflammatory and dumb like it doesn't hold the weight that it should Mm -hmm. um michael ravenport is in this movie i fucking hate michael ravenport he's popping up in everything holy shit (laughs) and you know what spike lee is the reason why michael michael rapaport is the way he is he thinks with authority on black people shit because of Spike Lee and cast him in a couple of them damn movies. This Spike fault. This is his fault. Michael Rappaport tell black women how black women live, and this nigga not no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> this white man. This white man ain't no damn black woman. <laughs> oh God. He would take satisfaction me calling him a nigga. Oh God. Let's, let's not. Let's not let him have it. Let's not let him have it. <laughs> I take that nigga back, Michael. <laughs> I've never seen Bamboozled, but I, I, um, now you gotta watch I, it. Like watch, watch it as an adult. I mean, I'm looking at the God. I'm looking at the the. Yeah. I guess the synopsis on Wikipedia. It just, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of satire and that kind of stuff. It just, like, it doesn't work if it doesn't have that extra um. It just brings up stuff. And it just always feels like it's like a condemnation of black people most of the time. Uh-huh. Like it's not like satire is supposed to punch up. People always forget that part. It's supposed to punch up at the oppressive majority. <laughs> it's not supposed to like punch directly next to you <laughs> or punch down. <laughs> like it's supposed to, you know, it's supposed to up there <laughs> is the problem. And so I feel like if if you bring up things like it's not enough to just bring up topics anymore. I feel like people do that all the time. Like my usual reference is Twitter. When people do that all the time on Twitter, they're like, "We need to have a conversation about this." Okay, well, what the fuck is the conversation? Well, we'll just talk about it another day. And I'm like, 
Oh, Ashley. Will you Wait. be talking about this ever or will there actually be anything solved or is it just going to be circular, like the same circular conversation where it's just like, well, you know, I'm a light-skinned girl and it's just so hard to be light-skinned because everybody thinks we're pretty. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, but do you, have you ever considered why that is? Well, just the dark-skinned girls hate me. And I'm like, all right, well, close, <laughs> close thread on that one because it's not going anywhere. Like, I feel like a lot of these, like, oh, so-called so conversations that people have, they don't go anywhere. Ashley, you just made me think of that that one poor soul who was talking about she was light skinned, but her baby daddy was a burnt umber. What? Sorry, she wanted to know what color the kid was gonna be. <laughs> what? She used the term burnt umber. Like, you know, that's like a brown, like a brownish orange. Got fancy with it. Burnt. She was like, I wonder if my child will be the same. Burnt umber as their father. Burnt and I was like, umber. Burnt. Will she, will my child, take their mother's fair complexion or their father's burnt umber skin? <laughs> like, I was like, girl. Oh, Alex, what? I, this is like when Kim was talking about, I wonder what color my baby gonna be. And Scott Disick was like, she gonna be black. <laughs> <laughs> Duh, bitch. Not gonna come out looking like you. Is she our man? She's like, well, I, I think he's going to be, she's going to be beige. Oh, he's like, you're going to have a black baby. Like, what like, the fuck? Your oh, baby is going to be a black person. I was thinking about burnt sienna. Burnt umber is... Burnt umber. Oh, wait, it, it might have been burnt umber or it might have been burnt sienna. Oh, it was one of them fancy crayons you don't use often. Burnt sienna reminds me of like Texas colors. The UT Austin colors. I oh y'all. Think before you write. Nah, it's still like a brown it's like a brownish orange reddish color. Child, nobody looks like that in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I use those words when I write to try to sound fancy. Like, yes, girl, I'm a I'm an author. I, I'm writing literature. Umber. That's the <laughs> like, yes. And then Captain America met the twerk team. on their burnt umber skin. <laughs> and asked the Lord above, where did these Nubian goddesses come from? <laughs> oh, God. Ingrid says Nubian. It always freaks me out. I don't know and why. These Nubian beauties. I just. It, it's, with a real thick booty, it's, where do they come from? It just reminds me of like hotep shit, and it just I'm always like, ooh, Nubian. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, I know we all over the place, guys, but I got one more thing to say about being a baby hotep like that. Oh, so, <laughs> watching this movie, I was reminded of my youth, the youth that watched School Days, and the youth that watched Bamboozled, mm-hmm. and. The <laughs> that enjoyed the black like um black power character in um don't be a menace to south central while drinking your juice and whatever. <laughs> like i was a baby i was a baby hotel mm-hmm. like i was a baby hotel <laughs> and going to school like my sophomore year of college i feel like i did a presentation about how black women <laughs> 
should stop going on Maury Povich looking for their baby daddies oh, God. because they are bringing shame upon our race. Oh my God. Um, Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I was dead set on that. I was like, yes, we need to stop embarrassing ourselves in front of white people. Oh my God. So we need to do, we need to pull up our pants. We need to stop saying nigga. Dude, we need to do all this and that. When I tell and- you my cousins still say stuff like that. Like I was at my cousin's wedding <laughs> um in july and out of nowhere he's like oh i'm gonna look like i don't know what they were talking about but somehow it managed to transition into this conversation about guys sagging he's like i'm gonna look like these kids with my pants up around my butt or whatever and i was like what are you talking about like what does this have to do with anything i was like do people sag like that really like a whole lot i don't know i don't know if i'm just used to sagging but i was like is it really the end of the world just because like a kid has his underwear showing a little bit or a lot sometimes <laughs> sometimes i'll be taking it all the way down to the ankles but like <laughs> but like it's uh... that reminds me of this one time i was walking to class and this guy was walking in front of me and he had his pants sagging and i could see his jaws and they had skin marks in them that's disgusting um, <laughs> that but like so this is nasty. kind of like being a baby hotel it reminded me of this past week with cancel culture. Um, oh, okay. A, a lot of uh, entertainment people said some really wild stuff. Uh-huh. Um, including I'm a cowgirl. 15,000 15, times. 15,000 times. That was a bop. And then she ruined it by being homophobic. So um, and then somebody pulled up receipts on Sizzle. They've been pulled up. They've been pulled up those receipts like eight billion times. Like I've seen that. They pulled up receipts on a lot of people. I think they did like City Girls. Um, Somebody said Megan the Stallion says some stuff like back in the day, and I never saw the tweets because I don't think she's as well known yet as some of these other people that she has been pushing up their old tweets. Um, Who else? Like some of these other, like the doll rappers, like Asian Doll, and some of the, I don't know them as well, but um, some of the up and coming girls in the music industry, I guess, got their shit pushed up <clears throat> by people looking for shit. I guess I don't know. Um, um yeah. <laughs> I okay. Now with uh the the moo girl cow girl Doja, mm-hmm. yeah, you know better. Um. She says she graduated from high school in 2015. I was very confused so, by that. <laughs> I was not prepared for that information. She know, no, she know better. She knows so much better because she has access to. She had access to Twitter the whole her whole life, basically. <laughs> she a baby. <laughs> um, but one thing that I find really annoying with cancel culture is that somebody will dig way, way back to when you were a dumbass. Mm-hmm. Like when you were a dumbass baby and pull that stuff up and be like, dang, you said this messed up stuff. And you like pulling somebody's tweet from five, six years ago isn't fair to that person Mm -hmm. if that person has grown up. Mm -hmm. Like me being a a baby hooked up, me being um, misrespectability politics, Mm -hmm. that is something that I had to grow out of. Yeah. Like my whole worldview has changed in the 47 years since I've graduated from, from um, college. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, less, 
I feel like everybody should be allowed a chance to grow mm-hmm. and learn from their past mistakes. Like if you said inflammatory comments, if you made hateful statements about people, groups of people, hopefully you learn from this mistake and do better. Yeah. Um, people should be canceled when this is ongoing behavior. Uh-huh. So if SZA said some messed up stuff back in, like what she said was messed up, like it's gross. Um, but if she said that back in 2011 and it's 2018, she, she was 21 with that when she said that. She was a dumb baby. Like people think that you're grown at 18. No, oh you're such a. Everybody's so I was dumb. dumb. I was like 26, y'all. Right. Like I was a dumbass. <laughs> like I didn't know a lot of stuff, and I had to unlearn, untrain myself from thinking certain things, mm-hmm. and be open to change. Because you get better by being more receptive to different ideas, even if you don't agree with certain things. Mm-hmm. If you're just open to entertaining that idea, it may change your perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Perception, rather. Now, if SZA was to make uh, uh, those kind of statements in 2011, 2012, 13, 14, 15 last week, then that's ongoing behavior. That's when she should have been canceled. Yeah. Like Kanye West, that nigga got to go. Oh, man. That was he sad. is done. Just... We not letting him back. In, well, he's not letting coming back in my household. Uh, every time. He, he's every, done. There's like a playlist I was listening to, and it has black skinhead on it and i every time it comes up i'm like because the beat goes hard like i i cannot deny that but it's just like it's not the same because you know he talks about being referred to as like king kong and all that and and um i just can't take it seriously anymore i stopped taking that song seriously when it was featured on the wolf of wall street ad that was also weird they need to stop using that song for yeah. the things that they're trying to use it so for because it's not working. It does not work. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, in short, allow people to grow and change. If they don't change, uh, they keep doing this thing, like making inflammatory statements, being hateful, bigot, um, bigoted, racist, homophobic, transphobic. Mm-hmm. They, they're done. Like, Cardi B got one more time to say some wild stuff about gay folks. Oh, does she always? Especially after as for uh, Offset to be forgiven because he wasn't educated by people of that community. Both of them got one more time. Trust me, shit. <laughs> I, they asked for forgiveness. They they asked to be taught something from mm-hmm. this. So I, y'all keep mind. Like, look at what she be saying. If she says some wild shit, y'all got to cancel I it. Think, I like them. I like, I like it too. I, but one more time, I think it's over. a lot of the cancel culture stuff too is kind of like a weird sort of I don't know I don't want to say what are the words I'm trying to use I never have the right words it's kind of like a weird sort of badge of I don't listen to these problematic people what are y'all doing and like it's also like for heavily related to like stan culture because it's always it's never just like oh like it's never it never comes out when it's just like a person it's just minding their damn business because I don't, I always see you just random like all of a sudden like oh you found old tweets like like what were you doing in somebody's old tweets number one like I think people just do it just like to dig up stuff to just find stuff on people it's never like 
at least when I've noticed it, it's never like, like directly related to like a current incident. It's always related to like an old, like for like Megan the Stallion, all that girl does is like, here, here's my ass, here's my raps, here's my bars, go, you know, support and, you know, watch my video or whatever. And all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, this homophobic tweets from Megan Stallion. And I was like, when did that girl do anything to anybody? I was like, are y'all just pushing up tweets because y'all don't like people? Or are y'all doing it to be like vigilantes on these people's careers? And also like, what are you doing? Like, not that you should, you know, have to support people who have been homophobic or transphobic or whatever, but it's kind of also like, what is the actual end game? Like, are y'all all just turned into background check people? Like, I don't know the motivations, I guess, behind some people's, like, finals. Because I'm like, the last thing I want to do is just go and find your old tweets. I don't give a fuck what you were talking about five years ago. Like, I don't, I'm trying to get into these beats, bitch. <laughs> like, I just, like, I don't really, I, this is why I don't really try to follow a lot of famous people on Twitter anyway. I don't really want to know much about you <laughs> i've gotten to that point in my entertainment um fandom or whatever it's like i don't really want to know that much <laughs> anymore yes it's important to know somebody's being harmful or is har- like harbors harmful views but also just like like uh if some of y'all wouldn't do shit like find people's old tweets and be like well that's y'all's fave i would be more receptive but as it stands there's so many people who were like oh well this is y'all's fave what do you have to say about this and i was like i don't did not know <laughs> and also did you only do this for like some sort of stan badge or what like what's going on here i don't i don't like it but people say just be mindful that like people all your faves people say like, that they're single- gonna cancel people and people are still like here enjoying it. there's only been a couple people i'm like oh y'all seriously just forgot but usually it's like people who were on the rise anyway it's not like anybody who's like established you're not gonna can- nobody's gonna cancel fucking susan be real with yourselves the only way she get canceled is she start drawing them damn freckles back on her face <laughs> that was a weird time <laughs> but yeah i just it, it's kind of it i can kind of see it being more of like a, a game of of the stands and so i don't pay too much attention i also don't like really announce if like i'm going to stop listening to somebody like some people like to do on the internet which i think is kind of performative the word i'm looking for here is performative a lot of this stuff seems performative and it doesn't seem like y'all actually give a fuck because i'm sure if somebody pushed up i don't know pick any old random bitch <laughs> if you like I don't know who's the most harmless person. If you pulled up something like from like Janelle Monet or something from like I don't know 2009 or something, and she had weird um, respectability politics in her things, which I don't think she would have. But like, if she did, would you cancel her? Probably not. Would you? Like, ask yourselves and be serious. Like, you don't have to do all this performative shit of being an ally or being um, being woke being woke at any point like just you know it doesn't have to be for notes either because i know some of y'all like to do this shit for notes so remember destiny child got a song called nasty girl oh i hate that Listen song to them. god i hate that song 
Oh, listen to them lyrics. Oh, God. Look at Beyonce today. Oh, God. She's grown so much. Thank God. Because <laughs> I <laughs> hate that song so much. But <laughs> we took a giant diversion, like off the course of the movie. But yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about the color track thing. Um, for some reason, Dap thinks he's 100% black. Um, that is very unlikely. Uh, he also, he, he calls the gammas. No, okay. Rachel says that he's color struck and has a thing against light skinned people. He says he doesn't and then calls them quadru mulattoes who are unpure. And I was like, skirt, skirt. <laughs> what on earth? And I was like, oh. <laughs> that hurt my heart, dude. Like, I just. Yeah. Hurt. Yeah, I, I actually like when I hear those terms randomly in weird places because they're so wild like, I was like oh. imagine calling somebody a damn quadruple it freaks me out I don't know what I, I'm always like oh wow <laughs> like, you blew dust to my eyes or something like shit <laughs> was not prepared I'm like Jesus Christ um oh my god so <laughs> He's definitely hotepish. Like you, mm-hmm. he have he gonna be on YouTube with Ankh Song and shit. Oh my god, no. that's him. Oh my god. Um, and this is also when she tells him that she's gonna be a Delta, and he like loses his shit about it. Um, because I think everybody he knows has has pledged, including Half Pint, and that she will eventually change for the worse, which he has a decidedly negative view on Greek organizations. Um, and in the middle of all this, they're doing like the, the, the coronation and stuff for homecoming king and queen. I did not realize this because like, I never went to homecoming at my school because they're not really a big deal. Um, at least in my point of view. So, um, or at least on our campus, but this is all happening like scene by scene. Um, so Spike has said at this point this is when he mentions that like a lot of men were trying to get in fraternities to get with women versus doing like the original purpose which is like you know scholarship and service um and then this is ah so rachel tells dap that he is only with her because she's dark-skinned and it would have help his wannabe down pro-black nationalist image which I mean, she might have a point because this comes up in Dear White People, which I cannot wait to talk about. But this happens in the movie where, um, I do not know these characters' names, but Tessa Thompson's character, she's like a hardcore pro-Black person. She's kind of like the DAP of the school, I guess, um, or the DAP of mm-hmm. the movie. And she... Her choice of partner would surprise you, I guess. <laughs> so it's kind of the opposite um, of this, but he, I guess, like Rachel's basically accusing him of like using him to look like he's just like all pro black, even though he's always talking about these light skin ass gammas and stuff. Uh, and then we get to the part of the movie that you had to remind me of before we started, which was 
the grossest thing I ever fucking seen in my whole black ass. There is like a scene with Julian and uh, whatever Tisha Campbell's character's name is. I do not remember. Um, they're having like a love scene, which oh god, on for a while. This, yeah, the red lighting. Light. Um, well, she licks the part in his hair like she licks her tongue down the center part and she licks his brand which is like a cute thing i don't know do cats get brands they get brands okay i didn't know i've only seen my dad so i didn't know if that was like a fraternity wide thing or so it was like specific organization um yeah, so he she licks his brand. She licks the part in his head. <laughs> I was telling Ashley that like before we started recording, I was like, I know, like I even wrote it down in my notes. Like I know that tasted like TCB hair food. <laughs> Not like well, white people put on toes, but like before there was edge control, there was jam. Yeah. Like let's jam. Uh, oh Jesus. Right. Like, oh my god. No. It's just so disgusting. It was like kind of And then spicy. they like are doused with water and they're like damp and <laughs> it's, it's gross. There's a lot happening. Like there. I can't I think I I think the thing he's trying to say, what Spike is trying to say, is that there that she it likes the the fraternity thing, which he later accuses her of. Uh, Julian later accuses Tisha Campbell's character of like being obsessed with like him because he's in a fraternity. Um, but like it just was so much, and even like when he was watching, like on the commentary, Spike laughed so hard at this part that I, like, I could not. I was like, why would you make her do that? <laughs> Why would you make her do that? Because his hair, his hair is like, I don't know if it was like Jerry Curl in there. I don't know if there was like some sort of like activator, but like it was so slick. I think that is the forefather of the wash and go. Just <laughs> a little water in your curls, take a scoop full of jam, put that in there. Brush it down. There you go. Jesus. Oh my god, that sounds horrible. Uh, <laughs> so there. So after this stunning scene, there's the homecoming parade. There's the float, which is like a giant pyramid. Which I was like, oh, that's a callback to the alphas for sure. Um, they get into it again. There's of course the football game. They lose, which Aussie Davis is their coach, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's motivating them with scripture and they still lose anyway. Um And then it's the like after the football game party featuring I feel like this is a very important song in our culture. Oh. And it's The Butt mm-hmm. by EU. It is like it's so good. It, it's one of my favorite songs. If you put it on anywhere, you'll get a response from every black person in that location. Here's, um, so my cousin actually danced to this at my aunt and uncle's wedding. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she was like four or five, 
she talks about this all the time because she knew like the dance and so she was like in the corner just getting it and we played this at christmas like this past christmas and she was in the corner getting it by herself like i was like you are doing so much right now dude but it is one of those like um like the swim not swim parties but it's like the theme is swimming right like it was um Mm -hmm. like everybody's in bathing system you could not get people to do this now not not dudes i'm sorry you cannot get any dude to like show up in like his swim trunks at an event and actually dance in a space where there are like other girls of course there's girls of course with other guys and you're all in like your tiny little swim trunks (laughs) which i enjoyed seeing um but yeah, that's like the whole, that's like a big scene. I think like one of the guys finds a girl. What's the guy who plays, he plays Radio Rahim in yeah. Red Thing. Bill Nunn? Yeah, Bill Nunn. He finds a girl and he's like all into her. Um, But there's a scene before this where, um, so Dap gets in trouble at the football game. They like get in a fight. And so he has to go to the administration and they're telling him that He's hindering students from getting education, and if he keeps typing out a line, they'll have to expel him. And they kind of, like, make it seem like there's no point to him protesting or trying to, like, raise awareness about apartheid, because one of the administration leaders says, like, he knows people like Vaughn, who I guess were, like, really active in trying to... um like in civil rights and things and and they grew up to be old and bitter which is kind of fucked up because i feel like a lot of people were like that like um like in the early days surrounding like ferguson there are some people who are like well we need leadership we don't need uh we don't need just protests and stuff we need somebody to bring all these people together like they wanted like a martin luther king type basically and people were like they made Oh God! They made one. Don't say. Does he have a vest? This person does wear a vest. (laughs) In all, they wear a vest everywhere, always. It's part of who they are now. Hate you so. (laughs) Um, yeah, I can't stand that person. I'm sorry. I'm indifferent, um, but yeah, basically, like, that was kind of a thing, like, there was, like, a lot of, like, pushback from older Black people who were trying to say that, like, the steps and the, um, I guess, what people were doing, which is basically protesting and then getting tear gassed and all kinds of shit was wrong and that just needed to be peaceful. And I was like, well, I don't no, if it, you're too far removed from the days when people were getting blown away by high-powered water hoses to realize it's the same shit. It's the same shit. It's, it has not really changed. Like, I can sit next to a white person on the bus and nobody's gonna say anything because I can and it's legal, but like, the attitudes are still relatively the same. <laughs> like, and it does not matter if people are wearing suits when they protest or if they're wearing hoodies or if they're sagging or whatever. It's the same shit. Like, I just don't get the the older generation's need to scold 
the younger generations for fighting for what is basically right yeah like the same i mean the same rights more more rights honestly um mm-hmm. and it just it kind of it i i see it a lot of, of older people shitting on the younger generation and it, and then accusing them of being like self-absorbed and stuff but then when they protest it's like well what are you doing why are you doing this it's a lot of contradictory mes- messages from older generations and, and elders i guess you would say especially when you like see what they themselves have done mm-hmm. like it's hard to say about like protesting like we as a society have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. um but like you see like even if a protest doesn't like if it doesn't start it most protests with black people are non-violent protests uh-huh. because if they were like intended to be violent protests they'd all be dead there so many like government sanctioned murders mm-hmm. like even at peaceful protests um people of color get killed mm-hmm. um so like even if that protest had like violent intent it would be worse and like back in the days it's, it's the same thing like you you you've done this for yourselves and you got us this far. We're trying to get us further. And it's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. that. Like, you made it possible for us to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, this is your work. And we just want it to go farther because I don't know why, but we've regressed as a company. I mean, as a company. We've regressed as a country. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's way, I guess, uh, I was born in the late 80s. And growing up in the 90s, it kind of felt like racism was gone. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, it wasn't gone. It was just covert. Like, it was still happening. Mm-hmm. You know, Rotten King still happened. Um, uh, police brutality still happened. Like, well, that's Rotten King. But, you know, um, these things still happened, but they were a little more covered up. And with our current administration of garbage people, it... Like, people don't feel the need to hide their racism yeah. no more. They wear it loud and proud. Mm-hmm. With- like, you got people snatching up, <laughs> cutting up their damn Nike socks. Well- <laughs> <laughs> because Carla Kaepernick. Man, like, you, better, you know what, man? You better cut up them ugly-ass Kmart. I got them in a pack of six-ass socks, bitch. <laughs> I, I took those checks off my socks. Man, <laughs> you're still gonna wear them, though. But you still gonna wear them though, cause you paid for them though, didn't you, well, bitch? <laughs> that's your that's your property. That's your shit. Like you pay money for that. Man, good grief. Good grief. It, uh, it, it's a mess. yeah, and I it, I feel bad for for Dabman like this moment, cause it's like you would think your your at college administrators would want to see you grow in a way that would facilitate you thinking like if you are trying to better society in some way um and mostly in i mean it's not like dap is like i'm coming up here i'm gonna burn the fucking administration building down if y'all if y'all don't condemn apartheid like he's doing peaceful demonstrations like there's not any ill intent behind his thing at least at this point like we get later and he starts to like full on be a little bit much um 
but they don't really support him and that it 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 sucks it kind of i don't know people do things like this like older generations treat younger generations like they don't know what they're doing when i mean no one ever knows what the fuck they're doing (laughs) like it doesn't matter how old you are I mean, if it's 1960s, if it's now, like, nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> so, like, I don't even know if it's trying to, like, protect him from, like, this, uh, the world or, or it's just kind of like, eh, you're wasting your time, kid, which is, it's kind of sad. So, um, so yeah, and he's, Vaughn's pissed and he wants his family, to, or he wants his friends to, protest with him um and he calls his friends uncle toms for like not um for being more concerned with graduating and less concerned with like um joining him in his protest against the school which is shitty because the this friend is like so i'm the first to go to college <laughs> like my family doesn't has not gone to college yeah. like this is a big opportunity they sacrificed a lot I would like, like, this is a huge thing for my family for me to go to college and get, like, a really good job, which, I mean, some people with that opinion, like, that's the good, go to college and get a good job thing, I think, has, like, kind of ruined a lot of things, personally, because a lot of people think that's the only, like, my grandma still thinks that's, like, the only way to achieve anything is to go to college and get a good job, which I'm, like, college is really expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Hey children, y'all listen to me. Like any kids in high school, I hope high schoolers aren't listening to this. Um, but younger people, young adults, y'all, trade schools, community colleges, vocational schools, they're worth Mm -hmm. it. Like you could get a two year degree in certain fields and make buku money. Like you could make so much money. Transfer into a university. Have less debt. So just think about that. If I had known that back in the day, bruh, I would have definitely taken advantage of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like I, we skipped a scene that I kind of wanted to talk about a little mm-hmm. bit, and that's when, um, like Dap and his crew went to get something to eat. Yeah, <laughs> it's running to fucking Samuel L. Jackson with hair. Yeah, or. Rollers with hair with rollers. Oh, in he it. had rollers. I didn't realize he had rollers. I think I know the I know the other guy had his Jerry curl with like the bag on the head. Like, was it a bag or was it like a shower cap? He had something on his head to keep that moisturized. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they go to KFC, which I was like, uh, KFC, really? This is a New York. This has to be like a New Yorker thing because. I feel like they were, like, in Georgia, right? I feel like the school was set somewhere in the South, which means nobody's going to know about his KFC down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. right. Popeyes, okay? Like, <laughs> <laughs> or not even Popeyes somewhere else, but, like, KFC is, like, usually the last thing. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> William's chicken before KFC. But, like, he's there with a bunch of their boys, and they... <laughs> They kind of look like cracked out crack cat daddies a little bit. It made me upset. <laughs> um, but this is sort of like the big, like, uh, like a, I guess like a jarring experience, jarring experience for Dap because he, 
So Samuel Jackson's character is not pleased that they're there. Like he just calls them like a bunch of college boys who come to town and take all the jobs and they think they're better than the people who actually live there because I guess essentially this is like a college town. Um, so using college towns, like the only thing that's popping is the college. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and he like Spike actually says like, this is from like personal experience, like the area around the, the college in Atlanta, because there's like, like a lot of the colleges in Atlanta are, um, I forget what they call it, but it's like a campus, like they're really close together. So they kind of call it like the campus mall or something like that. So they they have all these colleges in this one area and like around that area is like really poor neighborhoods. Um, and they would clash with the students because they were from like these affluent families and like they really didn't like appreciate like all these like quote unquote rich kids, which not every college kid is a rich kid but i guess in this instance like they weren't really having it (laughs) with the kids being there um but i thought this was interesting because samuel l jackson's character is kind of there to sort of like jar them into the real world and like what happens when you step outside your your academic bubble because i think a lot Mm -hmm. of people will form opinions and form um perspectives on the world through academia and then we'll realize very late that those theories and those things do not apply all the time like outside of your school bubble because like like i guess we can talk about colorism and feminism and racism and all kinds of things on line but when you log off of Twitter, like, some people are, like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, they have no... Yeah, they'd be like, I don't, want to that shit, I don't know what you're talking about, bitch. Nope. <laughs> and I was like, but you guys, hey, you gotta listen to me rant about John McCain, y'all. Like, you gotta get these John McCain thoughts in real mm-hmm. life. That... And they would just be like, yo, like, just, I don't give a fuck. Like, please yeah. stop. Please stop talking Yeah, about and I... I think a lot of people, I think if you're like in some sort of academic institution or if you formed a lot of your your perspectives through books and things like that, I think it it, it can be jarring because that is like a big um, wall, I think, between real world situations and what you have in theory. because. A lot of these topics that we talk about are like it's feminist theory. Like it's not just like the way of the world. It's not the way of the world currently. It is a, a very it's a growing um I guess I don't want to say trend. That feels wrong. But like I it's a growing part of the world, but it's not necessarily the world as it is. And so you have to kind of like mm-hmm. make these things apply to people outside of your academic bubble is what I'm trying to say. Like you, you know, it's a very contained, like college is a very contained environment and you can easily find people who share the same views as you. And so you, you start to think like, Oh, everybody thinks like this. Everybody kind of gets it. People get it. You get it. And then you go outside and you're like, Oh, I don't, people are like, I don't give a fuck about that shit. <laughs> like, and, and 
And, yeah. and it's it's jarring because these are the people that need sometimes need that theory the most. Like there's so many if if feminism and not like white feminism, but like fem- feminism for all. <laughs> intersectional Intersectional feminism that could benefit so many people but a lot of people do not know how to connect with the real world situations and so they don't know how to approach like actual members of society with this information like they just only know like oh yeah feminist you don't get it why don't you understand this why don't you get because it doesn't apply to them and like this whole scene is just like classism within the black also. community too. Um, see Spike just bringing up shit and then just leaving you hanging, <laughs> but like, um, that it like was what Ashley is saying. Like a lot of black academics, yeah, I'm gonna use that term. Black academics, they are able to have these kind of conversations with their mm-hmm. peers. But fail to realize, like, not every Black person is on this particular same wavelength, I guess, Mm -hmm. as you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, what I see happen sometimes is, like, you want to have some kind of intellectual debate or intellectual conversation with somebody. And you try to engage someone who may not be as um, interested in this topic. Mm -hmm. Then the conversation doesn't go well and then you just saying well if you knew more about this stuff then maybe we can engage like being condescending and rude Mm -hmm. to this person because they are like bruh i don't really give a fuck Mm -hmm. um i feel like that is for me that is something that i had to learn personally and this is something that i learned at a very young age because i'm a nerd Mm -hmm. like I'm not like I'm not a blurt, y'all. Like I'm I'm a nerd. Like I'm I'm a black person. I'm a nerd. I like learning mm-hmm. stuff. I hate school, but I like to learn different mm-hmm. things. And one thing that I really like to do was research different topics or like research area of interest. Like when I was younger, I watched Hercules, Disney's Hercules, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing! And I wanted to go learn more about um, Greek gods. And then I learned that um, Zeus was a trifling ass motherfucker. Yes. And every time I would get, get into a research mode, I would be really interested in sharing what I just learned. So I would go talk to my parents about it. And my dad, since he's a nerd as well, he would listen and we would talk about it. And my mom, she she was okay with it. Like, she loved that I would go do my own independent mm-hmm. research. But like at a certain point, she'd be like, Brittany, please stop. <laughs> like, bae, I love you, but That's I don't my care. mom. And I had to be like, oh, so I can't go on 30-minute lectures <laughs> with everybody about something <laughs> I just learned. So like, I feel like everybody would benefit from that. And just because somebody doesn't want to talk about a certain topic or may not be as um, aware of it as you are doesn't mean they're not intelligent. Yeah, and I think that's also something that happens um, with Black people, mm-hmm. <laughs> like um, college, quote unquote, like college educated Black people, and those who didn't finish school mm-hmm. or um, just have like high school diploma that they don't know things like 
they do. They just may not want to engage with you on this particular conversation. Yeah, I think there's like a huge thing with Black people and college being like that sort of benchmark of I know things and you don't. Like, <laughs> because I don't know anybody who was not pushed to go to college in some form or fashion. Like my grandma always said, if you go to college, you, you, nobody can call you stupid or, you know, you, no one can ever like deny you things because you went to college. And like, that's not true at all. (laughs) But yeah, I think I still see people sort of like kind of flaunt their degrees as like a proof of, of knowing things, but it's just like you paid a lot of money to go somewhere. You can totally have gone to college and not know shit. I see it all the time. Mm, I know a lot of people who done yeah. stuff, but they got yeah. shout out to you and that debt. Because <laughs> <laughs> believe me, I got it too, but like, I don't go around being like, oh yeah, bitch, I went to school, so I know this. I'm like, um, like for me as a designer, which is like a completely different, like, I guess set of skills and just like math and stuff but it's basic I mean it's basic problem solving so it is similar but like there are plenty of people who have never stepped foot in a college classroom don't know any of that they self-taught and they make bank (laughs) and it's not even like I mean you can't even be mad at them they just took it how they wanted to and that's I mean some people are not made for college that's another thing that we kind of need to accept. People are not always made for college and like learning institutions and that's perfectly fine. Um, but it is, it is kind of like a, a thing I see where people will kind of be like, oh, well, I went to school for this. So I know what I'm talking about. And then they'll try to pull up all these big words and stuff that like academics like to use. And I'm just like, you, if you're going to try to reach people in the hood, or anywhere else outside of, like, an academic institution, like, you can't just, I'm not gonna know what that is, like, I, like, and I read, and I, like, learn stuff, but there's some stuff I'm like, this is going over my head, yeah, I gotta break it down, but there's, like, a sort of, like, a weird elitism to it, I think, where, obviously, you, you got this education, so you want to use it, but you don't know how to best frame it in a way that would benefit lots of people you only know how to frame it to benefit people who already know what you're talking about like you're already you're just preaching to the choir but I feel Mm -hmm. like if you really want to help people like DAP does you have to sort of reframe your argument (laughs) and I know like in the scene like um that Samuel Jackson kind of says that they basically think that they're white and they're stuck up. Um, and so that kind of jars them. <laughs> which is kind of, it's kind of, uh, I don't know if it's fair necessarily, like the white part, because like, I mean, you guys, like, well, that one kid, he's going to school to get a good job to help his family. Like, he wants to be the first one to, like, quote unquote, achieve something, I guess do more than the generation before him but like it's kind of seen as like a negative at the same time because they're also douchebags <laughs> to, to yeah. the neighboring people so it's like kind of a weird but there's no there's no solution presented <laughs> nope you just look on out of there what y'all think is this what that scene mean to you yep that's what i meant when i make my movie that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> like hey 
Y'all, we doing this. What what do you And think? honestly, I don't at this point, I don't even know if we want Spike Lee to make the solution because it might be no. wild. <laughs> no. No, I don't no, thank you. Um, um. <laughs> so after this, there's this conversation that Vaughn, or sorry, Dap has with Julian. Dap is trying to get Julian to go easy on half pint. Um, and Julian's like, well, fuck that. And this is when he does his whole thing about um, Black Americans and that Dap doesn't really know shit about Africa, which could be very true because Dap. To my knowledge, Dap has never been to Africa. He could be forming a lot of opinions about Africa through like television or through other people. Because I know a lot of people have a very singular mind view or point of view on Africa. And Africa, number one, is a continent. <laughs> it is not. Not just a it is not a it's not a country. Not a country. Um and therefore, like normal countries, there are different things happening in each country. It's not all starvation and war-torn nation. And and there, I mean, there are countries that are thriving, huge cities, and that like completely baffles people because they have like one view of Africa, and that's usually the view of like children with like flies on their face, which is terrible because. A continent that big, not everything can be one singular experience or one singular um, issue. Like countries in one part of Africa could have completely, totally different issues and things that they're working towards than other countries. Like you have to let them be different. <laughs> you have to let them be different. Um, but yeah, Julian's like, I'm from Detroit. I don't have any connection with Mother Africa. Um, which is also kind of fucked up, though. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like a weird thing because some people kind of feel like more Africa is like their ancestral home and they want to go and see it because, I mean, ostensibly, that's where we all came from in some point. Of view. But some people did not necessarily feel that way. I know some people are like, mm-hmm. yeah, and not, not, they don't even like being called African American. They like being called Black American. I've never really um, had any sort of preference of the two because I'm just out here. I'm just Black. <laughs> right now, as a as an adult, I want to be called mm-hmm. Black, just so I can see people squirm about Girl, it. Girl, I. That always kills me. It's like, that's the name that you squirm about. Like, you don't get mad about saying anything else. But, like, when I just want you to just call me just plain old black, it's like, are you black? <laughs> it's always a whisper. Black girl film club? <laughs> like, yeah. Black girl film club, Say with your chest. Say with your motherfucking chest, bitch. <laughs> it's the... Also, it's more universal. Like, every Black person you see in the U.S. is not African-American. Yeah, there are some people who... So just, like, if you say Black, that's a blanket term, yeah. y'all. And so, I... 
I can get where Julian's talking about, but just the way he says it is kind of like he kind of looks down on felt the whole thing. Like he looks down on the way he says Mother Africa. It's like it's very sarcastic. And I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> he clearly doesn't like want to be associated with it, but it's also kind of like, is it because he's trying to forge his own identity in America as a black man? Or is he just like, please don't talk to me about any of this shit because I don't care. Um, I think, yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's given much thought to it. Um, but moving along, um, so there's a step show. The alphas are there. The gammas are also antagonizing or the gamma rays are antagonizing a bunch of the dark skin girls. Um, the gammas come out and they do like a step and they look like fucking Darkwing Duck. <laughs> like they got, they got Bro, and shit. I was like, wow. Like one thing about the movie I actually liked, I love like all the mm-hmm. outfits. Like I want a hockey jersey. Like I'm, I need one <laughs> like right oh, now. Gosh. I want it. Um, but <laughs> This is something that I wrote down is so disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So during the Gamma's uh, like step, um, the Dap and his crew, which are like literally, I don't want to, they're nobody. Like, yeah, they're not any. They're just a group of dudes. Yeah. And they get on stage and do their little routine in the middle of like a Greek mm-hmm. event. And that, like, if you were to do that in real life, kind of like the results of the movie, like, you would get your ass whooped. Like, that is so disrespectful. Well, then he's sitting there calling them, like, F-bombs and stuff. Like, I was like, all right, you taking it way too far. Uh, And this fight that's in the movie, like, this is a fight that was, like, not scripted. Like, this is a real fight, and the spike just let the camera roll. because I think one of the guys from Vaughn's, like, group, he, they, like, grab at one of, like, the Gamma Ray girls, and and the, one of the guys didn't like it, and they just started fighting. And I was like, what was happening on this movie set? <laughs> <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> like, my God. It was, like, an actual fucking fight. But, yeah, they, they do all this, like, they're calling them, like, sissies and stuff, and I was like, this is a bit much. <laughs> um, it was a lie. That's that ninth homophobia mm-hmm. too. It's yeah, wild. It was very unnecessary. <laughs> um, so later on, the gammas are talking about they're mad, first of all, but they're also talking about getting new gamma ray girls. Oh, because they're tired. Like, they, they're done. Like, I'm tired of them. I was like, what Yeah, and he, and like, Julian's talking about teacher Camel. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to break up with her, but Joni, you guys can have her. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> and I was like, that was mm-hmm. um, worse than like, the part licking part. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> um, so later on, we see what is called the, the, the death march. <laughs> um, and this is basically like the last step before they get to cross the burning sands. Um, so this is like a montage of things because they got them outside, they're holding torches and they're chanting, but then like the actual gammas are like taunting them and trying to make them drop the torches. And the gamma girls mm-hmm. are there, I guess, 
for encouragement but then also mm-hmm. they are making like this is like a there's like other scenes in intercut with this where they are making them grab stuff out of a toilet they can't see it because they're blindfolded it's like mashed up bananas mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was like what is this mm-hmm. um and this is when spike mentions that that they used to make they fraternities would make people like pledges eat like dog food and like x flax chocolate cakes and i was like i don't know if i'd be willing to shit my pants for anybody <laughs> i think it's terrible like and then you find out that julian was only like successful because he had the support of the gamma rays Mm -hmm. like he wasn't going to finish without them and they asked him to take it a little easier on half pint um and they remind him of that fact like we got you through this you need to like he he's so tiny you need to like look out after him (laughs) um and I was like, well, damn, half pint. Like, he sounds, like, sad. But, like, they are, like, successful. Like, they complete their initiation period, and they have a giant party mm-hmm. um, thrown by their big brothers, because now everybody is a Gamma Man. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, disgusting. Yeah, you're fucked up. This is really disgusting. So, like, since half pint, was successful um and he's a gamma phi gamma member he's a brother now he was going to be given a gift um from his big brother um julian and his gift was jane yeah dj campbell's character i can just realize her name is jane (laughs) she doesn't she's not into it like she doesn't want to do it herself but he, um, Julian mm-hmm. convinces her to do it. He, she's like, do it for me. Do it for Gamma. So when I was younger, I didn't think anything happened. Um, watching it now, it's obvious that she did mm-hmm. have sex with Half Pint. And Half Pint comes out of the room bragging. And she looks like humiliated. And later on in the mood, like a few scenes later, she, um, Julian, like scolds her for doing it and breaks up with her because she did it. And she's like, I did it for you. And I was like, that is so foul. Like, that is horrible to do to somebody. Like, it's, it's absolutely disgusting. And a half pint is gross. Like, he's, he been trifling. But he, it was like mm-hmm. extra trife because he did it. And then he bragged about it. Like he tarnished her reputation to make himself look better in front of his brothers. And I was like, that's a, it half pint is a raggedy bitch. <laughs> and then Julian finally found like his escape. Like he found his way out of this relationship with Jane. And he eventually finds a new partner in Dina, who's played by mm-hmm. Jasmine Guy. Um, Mm -hmm. so the movie kind of cuts to, uh, Lawrence Fishburne or that waking up and run, like putting on his clothes and then running out on campus Mm -hmm. and ringing the bell and waking people up and yeah, shouting, wake up and wake up. 
And so everybody on campus like wakes up and they all come out onto the lawn and then they come toward the camera and then they say like, wake up. Mm -hmm. And that is our call to action as black people. (laughs) We must wake up (laughs) to our community's issues. And this was a film, not a movie, but a film. And then it ends. <laughs> oh God! Like I like that wake up part. When I was younger, I was like, "Oh my God, I was asleep this whole time." Now <laughs> I'm so enlightened. Oh, you I know on. everything. I am waiting. <laughs> when like when I was younger, a ankh necklace just appeared in my hand, <laughs> and I was like, "I am now woke." <laughs> Oh my! I am woke. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Spike said that he uses this motif like a lot, like the whole wake up thing. So I guess he's like the original purveyor of stay woke. I don't know. Um, <laughs> which is at this point is kind of like a joke. Um, at least when I see it, I'm usually like, ah, okay. <laughs> Um, because usually it's, it's con- connection to some shit like, oh, aren't, you know, women aren't supposed to bleed or whatever. Like, like it's so, it's so ridiculous. You're full of the white man's boxes. Oh, Jesus Christ. I see the other thing is, um, black people don't need SPF. Um, you can get, you can just use shea butter or whatever. Don't do that, please. Please. Please love yourselves and use something with sunscreen. I don't fucking care what you think is in the sunscreen. It is better than getting skin cancer. (laughs) Like, please, please, God. So, so yeah, this movie. So I, I enjoyed this movie, even the parts that like were a little bit um, over the top, I guess. Um, Mostly because I think like it's weird some of the, the the some of the things that are brought up are still brought up like it's not um any sort of like oh I can't believe people were thinking like this back then like it's very much still current um I just think some of the things that Spike Lee does are kind of like heavy handed um. Mm-hmm. To the point where I'm just like, this is a bit much. So, like, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would recommend it. I mean, I would. I think it's a good, it's a good slice of, like, of HBCU life. Because there was also um, the one part of, like, the Homecoming um, show where there was, like, Phyllis Hyman was the singer. And I was like, bitch, if somebody like Phyllis Hyman come to my school, shit. Like my mom told me that Too Short and and um Two Live Crew came to her school. Like what the fuck? <laughs> my like definitely Two Live Crew. That makes sense because they're from Miami. Too Short came to your school too. Like that's grossly unfair. Like <laughs> I can't believe. So I like that part. Um, especially since we don't really have that many movies like this now that kind of tackle black college life although dear white people oh my god do you want dear white people uh, i mm, 
now do you see why I recommend it these makes sense. It makes sense. And I think that a lot was maybe pulled from Spike Lee movies. And it is even referenced in the movie that the character, that Tessa Thompson's character is like a, well, she says she's a huge Spike Lee fan. Um, that remains to be seen. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I'm like on the fence, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I, I would, I, I hate Spike Lee now. Like, I've been bamboozled by him many times. Best movie is Brooklyn, y'all. Um, everything else, I haven't seen Do the Right Thing, which I'm gonna watch Mm -hmm. soon. Um, but I feel like, I feel like you should watch it. All of the not really, like, thought out plot points um aside i feel like it still gives you a that hbcu mm-hmm. vibe and that vibe is not the same vibe as it has today but it has like that classic hbcu mm-hmm. vibe that inspired many people to go to historically black colleges and mm-hmm. universities um so i feel like it's worth it um if i were to recommend something to watch um, like I, I suggested that we do uh school days and dear white people because I felt like <laughs> they like one help birth the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to watch that in preparation for that episode, that would be great. But what I would recommend is actually like a TV show. I feel like Grownish. Mm, okay tackles some of these things in a different way like um if you don't know what grownish is it's a spinoff of blackish um which is about like an affluent black family um today so grownish is about their oldest daughter going off to college and her experiences Mm -hmm. at a college um just like the cosby show in a different Mm -hmm. world um and i felt like a lot of I feel like one of the characters in Aaron on Blackish is inspired. He acts like the 2018 dad. Oh, oh no! Um, <laughs> the activist, and he does a lot of things. I even had an episode about him um, being color struck. Mm. They were like, "Why are you only like light skinned mm. girls?" Um, so I feel like. If you have a little time, it's 13 episodes. I feel like it's mm-hmm. worth it to watch. Like, not everybody loves, like, the lead actress, um, Yara. I feel like she's she's good. I feel like she um, and a couple other actresses are always center of colorism to- they um, topics. They are. And it's so... It, it's like her, Amandala, and... And yeah, I mean, today is always like, please, please, I'm just trying to work. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't feel like any of them speak with all um, authority on mm-hmm. different things, but they always get shit for them. Um, and I know, like, Amandala, they get shit all the time. And I honestly don't think they are, like, talking 
too like too wild like i don't think i think they do um like refer to other people who would be a Mm -hmm. better fit for this conversation and i don't think they get enough credit Mm -hmm. for doing that i don't understand and if i refer to them as a she or her i really apologize i know they refer to be um referred to as they so i'm I'm sorry if i misgendered Uh, them yeah i need to this movie with them and um (laughs) hiller youth i i don't i tried really hard not to lick into that movie because i don't even need the added stress but like when you step into what the boardroom and you pitch this movie, what are you trying to do? Because <laughs> it's not them. It's it's another black woman, apparently. Is is it the the woman who made uh Bale? Oh, I don't I don't know. I'm about to look it up because I need to know. Um, uh, I need to know because is this a movie? Uh, yeah, I made Bale. It is. <gasps> oh, where hands touch? Because <laughs> I actually did not. I liked Belle. <laughs> I feel like I'm. This is a betrayal. Emma, what the fuck, girl? Emma, what are you doing? Okay, it's too much. It's too much for me. So, yeah, like if you liked, if you watch uh, School Days, just check out Grownish. Um, I just realized mm-hmm. we've been talking for this movie for a long time. If you've made it this yeah, far, thank you for listening to us. We really appreciate it. Like, um. I'm surprised that people want to listen to us talk about movies, but I really, really want to thank you guys for listening. I feel like we thank y'all every episode, but I really mean it from the bottom of my black ass heart. I love y'all. <laughs> and thank you for giving, like, allowing us to have this platform to talk shit like this. Like, <laughs> movies are one of my favorite. Yeah, thank you guys. On this planet, and I love talking about them with Ashley. Like, Ashley teaches me so much shit about different things and she's funny and I love it and I'm Aww. I'm really glad that we're Aww. able to talk about this it's like your movie challenges and what you be watching I'm like oh girl what what you watching today like Ashley watched this Ooh, let me add this to my watch list <laughs> so I never know what the fuck um, I'm doing don't, don't be fooled <laughs> um so like like and subscribe if you are listening to this on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to leave a review, we would really appreciate yeah. it. Um, you could also check us out at blackgirlfilmclub.com mm-hmm. or follow us on Twitter at BLK Girl yes. Film Club. Um, we like, I know we do a subpar job of engaging on Twitter. <laughs> Like, it's always so much stuff going on. Um, but I feel like maybe during the fall, you know, when the winter breeze starts tickling at our fingers and whatever I'm trying to say, <laughs> I try to get, like, burnt umber. Oh, <laughs> when it gets colder, like, we'll be inside more and we'll be a little bit more active. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right now i'm just trying to stay fucking hydrated because it's hot out here <laughs> it is hot as balls in dallas texas man <laughs> uh so yeah so i guess our next movie is dear white people be sure to um watch that if you would like to follow along if you don't you know i won't hold it against you <laughs> i cannot wait to talk about that shit um <laughs> Um, I guess, is there any other announcements or any other things that we want to do? Um, no, um, on our like website or Tumblr, I did write a little bit about Petey mm-hmm. Wheat Straw, which I talked about in our last episode. I haven't had a chance to go back into my uh, black sugar, um, brown sugar, not black sugar, <laughs> brown sugar. I two on the nose. <laughs> black sugar. I was like, that might be some other <laughs> shit. But I haven't gone back into brown sugar. But I did see that they added some new movies that I really love, like Hollywood mm-hmm. Shuffle. So I'm going to probably watch a few things this week and add something okay. else. Um, so yeah, just be on the lookout for that. Yay. All right. I think that's All about right, it. Guys. We'll talk to y'all later. All right. Bye. bye. <laughs>